Hi, this is Mark Meir, the voice of Commander Shepard, and you're tuned in to the Enter Chatsman podcast, my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Chatsman and Phoenix, let the conversations begin. To the Normandy. What's going on, everybody? Enter Chazman here. We're back with another week of the Enter Chazman podcast, where, as always, this is your favorite place to hear all of the nerdy video game news and other kind of uh, nerdy things that have kind of popped up uh, that interest me and my buddy Phoenix throughout this week. Um, feel free on the screen to check out some of the audio locations if you prefer audio. Check out some of the video highlights that I like to post throughout the week and any comments or suggestions for topics you guys might have. Feel free to leave those down below for us. So uh, my buddy Phoenix is up out of the basement, huh? This is this is our what our, our third time doing this intro, Phoenix. Yeah, huh? Yeah, for once I'm the one who keeps messing up everything. So this can officially be your podcast this time. But next time, I, had, I had to let everyone know. Just uh, I, I don't know, make That's myself fair. look good. Yeah, well, you have to try a little harder for that. <laughs> nah, I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, anyway, no things are going good. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have Metal Gamer with us this week. Uh, he had some other obligations he had to attend to, but uh, mm. the goal is to rope him in for more of these. That way we have uh, more than just my um, uh, my annoying voice and Chaz's to drive you crazy. <laughs> so we'll interject his as well. Um, we are sad, though, because he is a big Nintendo guy. So we're talking about some uh, Nintendo topics, as you might imagine. So we're going to miss out on his perspective, but hopefully he can join us next week when we wrap up some Tokyo Game Show stuff. But anyways. Absolutely. I think I'll enjoy Tokyo Game Show. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. All right, so I guess getting into just a couple of the topics that we have for you guys today. Um, as Phoenix said, this show is heavily video game uh, event, I guess, top heavy. It's all events. We're going to be talking what we we're going to talk Tokyo Game Show, but I don't know. Me and Phoenix decided we'll just save that for next week because it's still technically happening. Yeah, the so time of the recording, there's still like what an extra two days or something on it. Mm -hmm. So instead of like talking about half of it now and the other half later, I feel like you're probably better just to. Push it off, and I said maybe we can get a Metal Gamer in to kind of give some um, yeah. um, some interest there. So you never know. Final Fantasy twenty could get announced while we're while we're away. You never know. You don't even know what number we're on. Come on, man. <laughs> Sixteen uh, so is yes. coming. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, sure. So uh, we're gonna talk PlayStation State of Play that happened, and literally, like literally a few hours uh, in between. Right? I think Nintendo was on at like nine or ten, and then. Mm -hmm. PlayStation midweek was like, hey, we're going to be on at 1, 1 or 2 or something. Or no, it was later. I think it was like it was, it was an 4, evening. 4 p.m. Um, yeah. I think it was like 1 or 2 Pacific time. And then for us, we're, we're East Coast. Um, so, yeah, it was a little uh, later that mm. evening. Yeah, so we got that. We got a couple games. Uh, one game that Phoenix has played and one game I just literally played maybe a couple hours ago. And uh, we'll get into that. And for our speed run, we got looks what, like, oh, I forgot we added one. So we have four topics for the speed run. So you said uh, before you wanted me to go first for our, our what what you plan. Mm -hmm. um, so what I just started playing is a game called Metal Hellsinger. It's a game that just uh, got released maybe a day or two ago. It had been at a lot of um, Xbox-oriented events that had gotten shown off. It had been shown off maybe three or four times. And yeah, so I it's I would say this game's niche. It's if you guys like metal music or me or rock or you know anything like that. I would say more more metal, but um, this game's biggest niche is that it is like rhythm based and it utilizes a bunch of metal music that have been created, um, 
by a lot of actual metal singers that have been, you know, you know, got invited to do music for this. Um, I'm sure it wasn't free, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, that's the game's biggest niche. Yeah, it is a, I guess you could say, oh, just like a doom life, just pretty much almost, oh, does something go off? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I am continuing to mess up everything. <laughs> no, you're good. No, but you're yeah, good. basically, basically it's a doom like almost tit for tat. I mean, it's very, very close. Um, the only thing is, is, I guess on screen, like some of the, the subtle differences are in terms of like, like the UI, or I guess I just missed it. That was a great place. Like in terms of like the UI and how some things look, it, it's all very rhythm based. Like your your shooting and your cutting is all, you know, can affect the music and as well as getting like, uh, getting your kill streak or hit streaks higher affects how loud affects whether there's vocals or not. It's really cool. Um. I guess overall, yeah, just the theme is that you're just like a, like this, this up and coming, I guess, demon in the underworld. And, uh, I don't know, you get, you kind of get screwed over by, um, basically that world's like, I guess they called her the judge. So she's like, basically, I don't know. I, I would say this game has like hell and heaven type things, but it very much, they very much aren't like, super typical ideas you know what i mean of mm. like how hell and heaven work like there there isn't like a, a devil and stuff like that they have like their own characters it's like a its own take on like that kind of underworld type stuff which is kind of neat okay. but um yeah it, it's super fun though you kind of just go through the levels um there's like a, a I, I guess every level ends with like a same kind of boss so i guess it's not like super re revolutionary even though all of those bosses are kind of for a reason, but um, it's fun. I mean, if you like Doom and you like metal music, which you know that was what Doom 2016 and and Eternal were really known for, was kind of that that killer soundtrack along with like the super fast and super quick gameplay. Um, I I would say if you're a Doom person, this is a must play for you, especially if you have Game Pass. I mean, this was like sub four hours it took me to beat on like the easiest difficulty. Um, and I will say I did start on normal and it got kind of difficult for me. So I turned it down. So I can only imagine for people who are looking for like that, that, uh, that kind of sweaty, you know, hardcore speed gameplay, this would be perfect for perfect for anyone like that. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, tell me if you don't have any rhythm, can you play this game? If you don't have any rhythm, yeah, I don't have rhythm. I played this. But isn't <laughs> I like, mean, that's the whole mechanic though, right? Like for you to be able to attack your enemies, you have to be able to like attack on beat right yes i mean you can attack off beat but you do much less damage okay um but yeah. i mean is it like to the point like you lose so much you know damage percentage that if you are consistently playing off beat because your timing is that terrible could you still get through this game or is it really a game that you just have to have good on the easy going? difficulty you could okay. on the easy which i played i played maybe like the first half on on medium and then the second half on easy because the difficulty ramped up a little bit Gotcha. But, um, I guess ultimately it wouldn't probably matter because if you're going to play this game, you're probably someone who's into the music and probably have decent rhythm anyway. So I'd imagine that would be uh, your rationale for even checking it out in the first place. But yeah, you know, you'll come across some who may just want to listen to metal music, but may you know not have good inner timing. So I will say, um, since you brought it up, I I do feel like to an extent, moving it down to easy kind of lessened the experience to an extent because on the medium difficulty 
um, if you're not on rhythm and you're not hitting exactly, mm-hmm. um, if you look, there's a 4x. It goes like 1x, 4x, your multipliers for right. continually uh, counter or getting strikes and stuff. Um, but on the easy difficulty, I noticed when I did do it, the music kind of stayed the same throughout and it never really dipped. So if you're looking for like a pure experience, I would say at least with medium, if you're not doing well, that the vocals will cut out, other things will sound choppy, you're not going to get... So I, I don't know, it's kind of a give and take where like, I think the best experience and the more like maybe what the developers wanted is probably better on medium. But if you're just wanting to listen to the music, easy easy is where it's at. Because you can just, mm. you just listen to the music while you're playing basically and... I think the mu- the gameplay does affect the music on easy, but I just mean it's much less noticeable than on me on medium. It's like, you know, if if you if you don't have like an eight times multiplier multiplier, you can't hear vocals or nothing. You know, right? So it kind of ruins yeah the the whole point listening yeah, to the music. Yeah, it, it it kind of does. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm just not as serious. I just kind of want to just listen to the music That's pretty fair. much, especially because like in a lot of the advertising they were like. The singer from Lamb of God, Arch Enemy, uh, Search Tankian from System of a Down. Mm. You had a bunch of different people all come on and make music for this song. And I know that's the biggest draw for me. Yeah, no, that is cool. Um, I guess one thing I would ask and kind of go on the other spectrum of our initial question. Um, let's say um, you're not concerned about the music at all. So it isn't even about, um, you know, playing to the beat or whatnot. If you remove that portion of it, how does this game hold up? It's just kind of a Doom style shooter like... I mean, it doesn't. It looks. It looks like Doom, but does it play as good as Doom? Say, I, like I said before, I think they pretty much nailed it in terms of trying to re- trying to replicate Doom. Mm-hmm. But that's that's all it is. Is it just kind of feels like a replication to an extent? Like it doesn't okay. really feel like it branches off a heck of a whole lot. So, and it's such a short experience. I would just say. If you're looking for that Doom experience, go play Doom. I wouldn't... That's what I mean, though, is, like, if you're looking for just more Doom, then I wouldn't suggest this. I would suggest you go play Eternal or 2016, you know. I, I For me, I think this the true draw niche this game has is the music. Mm. Like, the music and the rhythm and all that stuff. That was what drew me in, personally. Um, but, yeah, like, why would you... You know, that's, like... I don't know. I can't think of another game series like that where you, you know, one specific pull on it. You know, why would you? Why would you go play something else when you know one series does it like perfectly? You know what I mean? Well, I, mean, I, I guess the point would be okay. So if, if you've already, if you're into that kind of series, you probably already played Doom 2016. You probably already beaten Eternal. So if you're looking for the next kind of thing, is this going to scratch that itch? And it sounds like I me mean, to a certain extent might. it will. It might for um, some people. I think it probably depends, though, just, I think, how rhythmically inclined you are. Um, so, But I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I'm digging it. I would certainly like to play. I played one game similar to it. It wasn't this. Um, I want to say it was called, uh, like, BPM. That sounds familiar. Um, it was kind of like, I've heard of that. I feel like that was, and I could be wrong with this, it was, like, the first type of game like this where it was, like, a time kind of rhythmic shooter. Um, I don't think it was necessarily metal-inspired, but I'd have to go back and check. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if it was a weird feeling, uh, just kind of getting used to kind of, you know, not just moving to the time, actually, you know, firing on time. So I don't know, but it's neat. I definitely recommend it. I mean, you know, especially if you like rock, if you like metal, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a fun time. I mean, it's, and again, it was sub, sub four hours and it was on Game Pass and 
I don't know. I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Um, um, so I know you said it's on Game Pass. Um, I mean, I'm assuming it's a standalone download too. What's the price of this? Do you know? I think I looked. It was like. 30 or 40. Okay. It wasn't 50 or 60, but it was like 30 or 40. Well, that was kind of what I was getting at. Like for a four hour experience, I mean, not saying that, you know, length is what dictates, you know, quality of a game and how much you should pay for it. But, you know, if it's kind of a samey experience where it's kind of one note and it's only four or five hours, then yeah, like a $30 price tag would feel better. I feel like that'd be more kind of impulse buy for me. So, but of course, if you're on Game Pass, then that whole point's kind of moot. Just download it and go if you have uh, that subscription. So, say anyone who may be worried about like um like the themes and stuff again this this game it they're not super typical ideals of like you know heaven and heaven and earth and hell and all that they're it's very much kind of doing its own thing so i don't know i i, I didn't feel like the game was so outrageous you know it, it was fun it was fun okay. cool um so you've been playing a game i know or you've been trying to play this game uh We'll move on to your game. Yeah, uh, so I, I finished it. Um, it was Immortality. Um, do you know anything about this game? All I know is you said it's like uh, Night Trap in a way, kind of, sort of. So it's a... Um, oh, your B-roll's not... It's showing something weird. Okay, there we go. Uh, it is, um, it's a full motion video game, so when I talk about being like Night Trap... Um, that's what I'm referring to. So these were real popular, like early '90s, right? So they would have, mm-hmm. um, you know, full motion video. A lot of times you would have to like click on right. things. Like it was like a point and click kind of um, investigative kind of deal. So this is along those lines, um, which you know I was kind of for because I haven't played one of these probably since like you know mid early '90s. So I wanted to kind of see if this genre has evolved um, much mm. over the past what oh man like 25, 30 years. <laughs> Hurts my heart. Um, and it was a weirdest experience, man. Um, so I'll just give you kind of the preface of what the game is kind of about. It looks like it was recorded in the 90s. Okay, so that's kind of the point. So the premise or kind of the setup for the game um, is, so there's this actress, as the chick you're looking at with the red hair, um, called mm-hmm. Marissa, um, was it Marissa Marcel, I believe was the um, character's name, or the actress's name, and okay. something's happened to her. Um, like, apparently she recorded these three movies, none of which ever saw the light of day. And then she just disappeared, like fell off the face of the earth. So your job is to run through the footage for all three of these films and try to figure, okay, what happened to this chick? Um, and it was a weird experience. <laughs> and that, sounds kinda, that sounds kind of cool. It, and yeah, the premise is good. I'll tell you, this game, um, a lot of people love this game. I know it, critically um, it ranked really high. A lot of people were talking um, uh, really big about it. I, I'll just kind of jump to it. I fell a little flat on it towards the end, but... It really all kind of happened at the end. So the gameplay mechanic of this is it presents you uh, like the, the game starts. I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this because it's it's an odd one. Basically, it shows you a bunch of little clips of film and you start it by selecting one of them. Once you select that first piece of film, all the other film is no longer accessible until you like can find your way back to it. So um, you open up a scene like say you're looking at the scene right now where she's looking at that cell phone. What you do is you watch the scene and you can rewind it and go back and kind of pause it at sections and then you can click on stuff. Um, And then when you click on an item, it will jump you to either that item or a similar item in a completely different scene, potentially in a completely different movie. And it's a really jarring experience. So like you see her looking at the cell phone in that one scene and then it'll jump her to a cell phone from like, you know, completely different movie. So it's moving you around. You're watching these movies kind of out of place or out of context. So 
it's, man, it's a really convoluted kind of experience at first, but it starts building up intrigue as you get into it because you start to piece together what the movies are about, um, and then you start kind of getting the behind the scenes of what the actors are doing. So um, you're not just seeing movie scenes too. You're seeing the movie scenes, but you're also seeing like uh, behind the scenes footage. You're seeing interviews. Um, you're seeing like rehearsal takes. Like uh, the screen you're on right now is one of the scenes during a rehearsal. So like sometimes you'll see the finished like post-production kind of scene, or you'll see them just kind of you know, prepping for the scene. So weird experience uh, to say the least. But as you go through it, um, you start piecing it together, and then there's a twist. And I tell you, like, I don't, do you have any interest in playing this game? Have you thought about it at all? I'm kind of intrigued. Honestly. So I can't tell you the twist because the twist really I don't want to say it ruins it, but it changes the whole kind of first half of the game. So. This game is set up to be like a thriller horror game, and you could argue how horror-y it is, but um, once you start getting into maybe the first couple of hours, some weird kind of eerie stuff starts to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that leads to this moment where everything kind of flips on its end. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on what that thing is, but the twist leads to then a whole different kind of gameplay mechanic where you're basically looking for, and I'll just say, like secret footage um, that kind of builds up this whole other kind of almost supernaturally uh, kind of side story that's impacting the flow of all the other movies and what's happening with the actors. And that's all pretty interesting. Um, the cat crap people. Hmm? It's crap people. It's crap people. Um, it's always crap people. And I'll tell you, I'm probably not explaining this well because the whole experience is still kind of jumbled in my head because, I mean, it is a jumbled experience. You're literally bouncing between all these different scenes. Um just to kind of hit to it, when I got to the end of the movie, and I, uh, not movie, but the end of the game, and I supposedly found out what happened, I felt pretty unsatisfied. Like, the game, like, has a mystery that's pulling you towards the end, but your satisfaction of the ending you get is going to differ from anybody else. Because the catch is, like, once again, you're clicking on scenes, randomly jumping around to all these other movies, and the scenes that you would see versus what I would see could be completely different. The secret scenes that you find versus I find, completely different. And you're basically, when you're getting to the credits of the game, you're naturally going to be missing stuff. There's going to be parts of the story you just never saw because the game said, okay, you've seen enough, here's the end of the game. Um... And that was a really weird thing for me because at the point that I got the ending credits, I didn't feel like the game had given me enough information about what was going on to feel satisfied. And we've talked about this before, especially when we talked about like a Returnal and stuff like that. I do like games and narratives that have a little bit of open-endedness uh, to it. So, you know, you can kind of theory craft and think about what happened. Mm -hmm. This game has that, but almost to, in my opinion, almost to a detriment. It is That's so right. open and so vague. And once again, that might just be because the amount of context I got from the secret scenes that I saw, I was just missing too many gaps. I can technically go back and watch the rest of the movies and try to find other scenes, but part of me doesn't want to, um, because I'll tell you one issue I had with the game as I got about probably about five hours into it, the pacing really starts to get off because it's based upon how quickly you can find scenes and kind of investigate stuff. And people are saying that, okay, if you are a good detective, you can find stuff quicker. I never felt that way. I felt like I was stumbling through the scenes. Like, I'm trying to find some random scene, so I click on some random object to lead me some, to some other random object. So, I mean, maybe I just missed something, and there is a way to kind of find a line through things and, like like a detective, kind of figure out where to go, but I didn't really feel that way. So It almost um, it almost sounds to an extent like, do um, you remember the game L.A. Noir? Yeah. Where, like, those games were that game was like super fun because you would like go through these investigations and go through these these, these scenes, 
and you would do all of this really cool investigating and questioning and and sit downs and all that and then like when you would complete your your uh your, your investigation right it would just it would just come up as a page that would say congrats or congratulations you are you figured out that this individual did this, this and it's like it's like okay but i would have liked to like maybe have seen me arrest him or see mm-hmm. how my my investigation would unfold and, and i think some of them did that in la noir to be fair but you know what i mean where like you got that page and it would give you a score a plus and i B. feel like that's what this game could have used like as I said, this game wants you to feel like an, um, a detective investigating, but mm-hmm. the gameplay doesn't really allow you to really do that. Like, it really is random. Like, uh, I'm sure somebody's going to argue that, no, there's a way to, you know, know this this item in the far left corner is what you need to click on. I kind of call foul on that. Like, to find certain scenes, I literally clicked on a random object that didn't correlate to anything else and it just led me to whatever the next stumbling block was. Um and, like, the other thing you were saying, too, like, in L.A. Noir, it gives you at the end, oh, okay, you did it. You completed this. You found the secret. You solved whatever. This game doesn't do that. Like, and not mm-hmm. that I want it to lay it out. Like, I do want it to feel, you know, kind of natural as you're finding out, you know, what happened. But, the like, these secret scenes I'm telling you about, they could be anywhere. Like, I'm, I'm hesitant to tell you exactly how to find them because if you if you want to play it, you're gonna have to experience on your um experience on your own. But you don't, you don't want to feel as though there's nothing gained from what I just did. Like that's never and a that's fun. Part at least of when it, it comes to games. Yeah. But it's hard to know when you've achieved enough. Is kind of what I'm saying. Like you'll have a scene, and let's just say for an example, there are uh, two hidden secrets in that scene. You have no idea if you found them. Like you could scrub through the scene back and forth three or four times think you found it all, but have no way to know for sure, unless you somehow, you know, ultimately accidentally find everything in the achievement pops, saying, okay, you found all the scenes, but there's like some, like 300 scenes or something in this whole movie, so, and that's not counting, I think, all the secret stuff, so, it's really hard to know if you found things. I was reading some forums, some people have been going back and forth trying to, like, finish the movies, there's still scenes they can't find, um, after playing, like, 20, 30 hours, like, I don't know. Something about that kind of hit me off. Um, but either way, I'll start wrapping it up because it's not this a bad game. Like I appreciate what the game tried to do, and I'll say the first like two thirds of the game I did really enjoy. Like um, things that are really positive about it, the acting um, in this whole thing is actually really really good. And it's interesting because these actors are playing multiple roles. Like say so you have an actor, like a real life actor literally playing an actor in these movies, like the Marissa Marcel chick. So you have someone playing the actor, which is another character, and you have that actress basically playing multiple um, characters in all these other movies. So across the board, the acting's really good, um, and the movies actually take place in different time periods. That's why you're kind of seeing the um, the weird film grain, uh, grain and stuff. The first the movie's 70s, like... 80s, and 90s. It's not quite that broken up. Like, the first one's actually, um, I think, in, like, 1969, and the second one, which is the one you're looking at here, is, like, early 70s, 71. Then it jumps to, like, the late 90s. There's a big time jump, which is a whole other weird, weird thing. But, um... I mean, the way the movies look and the way the acting kind of um, is set up in it, all of that from a quality level is really, really good. So I liked that. Um, trying to think what else I liked. Um, the initial creepy twist was good. Like, when you get to that, um, it's it's engaging, and it does pull you through. That mystery wants to kind of get you to that next scene and find the next secret scene. As I said, I think your enjoyment and your, um, your patience with that is really going to depend how quickly the game gives you the next scene how lucky you are to stumble upon the next thing so maybe for some it's going to happen really quick you can run full game like four or five hours get all the pieces you need and feel really satisfied 
I felt that I hit a point about the seven, eight hour mark where it was just dragging trying to find the scenes I needed. Um, but either way, um, I can't really get into a whole lot more detail without uh, spoiling stuff. So if you do play it, I'll, I'll put it on my backlog. We'll if you play it, I'd like to talk about it because it's got some really like some cool kind of imagery and it's definitely trying to say something. Um, as it has a supernatural element, it has this whole kind of. Um, I played on Xbox. So actually, this is interesting. I played on Xbox. Um, I played it because um, my wife wanted to watch it, so we played it in our extra bedroom. Um, and all we had in that room was an Xbox One. This is technically a series uh, or a series game, so S or X. So it doesn't play natively on Xbox One. So I had to play it through the Xbox Cloud service. And that was a little janky. Um, so some of my frustration might have actually come from that. There might have been some lag I didn't always anticipate, which might have affected how I was able to unlock certain things. So I don't know. That might have been part of it. I felt like for the most part it ran pretty smoothly, but there were a few spots I could definitely tell lag was impacting the gameplay. So take that for what it is. Playing it like natively on your system might be better. Um, I, I know it's also available on the PC, so if you want to go that route. I'm not going to talk too much down about the game. There's a lot of work in this game. A lot of good, like, quality components to it. The acting was good. What they're trying to do is good. Um, for me, it just fell a little flat. Maybe it's just because I missed some pieces. I'll be honest and say that could be on me. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I, you know I know what, I'm um, rambling at this point, so I'm sorry. No, the, the thing that definitely interests me the most is the whole investigative aspect that you were talking about, about rewinding scenes and going back through stuff like i tell you that's that. gonna be that's gonna disappoint you if that's what's interesting because really? oh, that's okay. what interested me at first I'm like oh i'm gonna feel like a detective but i'm telling you you don't really end up feeling like a detective like you might Never mind <laughs> that's the most interesting aspect well i say i say that um because like with an investigation like you're looking for clues right you're like oh mm -hmm. this thing is gonna lead to this thing it was gonna lead to that thing that's not really how the game works like um I'm going to pull up the scene real quick that you're looking at. It's so like in this scene, um, those two masks, those would be items that you could click on. And when you click on that mm -hmm. mask, it's going to jump you somewhere. The catch is you have no idea where it's going to jump you. And sometimes it doesn't even always jump you to the same place. Um, so that's why mm -hmm. I think it's hard for it to feel like a detective thing. Because like a detective um, or an investigation would lead you to somewhere very specific. Like I pull on this thread, it unravels this, moves to this. Um, and like, well, I love detective games. That's why I'm interested. I don't, I... But I'm saying this game, like, it doesn't follow the process of how an investigation would work. Or one clue naturally leads to another, naturally leads to another, and then you end up at this point. Like in this game, you can click on an apple. That one apple can lead you to 20 other scenes that have apples in it. Like, there's no way to know that you're going to end up at the same spot every time, so you can't really have, like, a true investigation. That's why I said I felt like I was kind of stumbling through the scenes. Like, I randomly clicked on someone holding a knife, and it took me to one of the other 20 instances that a knife showed up in the game. So, it's, it's interesting. Maybe there was uh, more they could have done from a gameplay side to make it, I don't know, a little more specific, a little more consistent. Or maybe I just didn't pay attention i missed that kind of stuff i don't know um and i also feel like sometimes yep. the controls felt a little janky like the way you unlock scenes is kind of done by feel or by um intuition i'll kind of leave it at that um and i think it's just a little i don't know it doesn't feel consistent enough so there were times i knew there was something hidden there and i couldn't unlock it just because 
I felt like the way the control scheme was trying to work was laid out weird. I think maybe if I would have played on PC, it would have worked better because I watched some videos of other people playing and they were able to access some of the hidden secret stuff really easily through um, their interface. So it might have been just an issue with me playing on controller with the way they had you rewind, uh, rewind things using like the, um, the analog sticks, which felt a little weird. I don't know. Um, as I'm coming down kind of negative on this, but ultimately... It's an interesting game at the very least. Some people are going to come away from this really, really loving it. I know they will because they're going to have a different experience than I probably had where they got a more interesting backstory with a little more context and maybe it just flowed a little more naturally for them. And then you yeah. end up with people on my end where it didn't and then the way the ending kind of falls in your lap, you're like, that's it. There should have been something else, I feel like. But it would definitely lead to some discussion. If you do play this, I would love to get your opinion on it to see if it was drastically different. It's not technically a long game. Uh, it's supposed to only take like six to seven hours if things go well for you. It took me closer to about 10 or 11. But my daughter also accidentally lost an hour of progress for me by erasing part of my um, my save. So that's you know, another issue. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Now, I just want to throw in that, um, you know, Another game I thought of, but I love the investigative part, was, um, I know a lot of people would probably look at, what is it, the uh, Ace Attorney mm. series? I've never played those, but um, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, uh, I, my favorite part about Arkham Origins was all of the investigative stuff for, like, yeah. you'd pull up to a scene and you could just rewind it, fast forward it, you'd zoom, you know, you'd zoom in on the audio and tweak the audio and all that, like, all that stuff's great. Yeah, and I think that's what this game wanted you to feel like. It just, I don't know, it needed a little more from a gameplay perspective to really, I think, nail home the fact that you were investigating. And ultimately, I don't even think they wanted you to do that, because I think if you were able to investigate to that level, you'd find answers too quickly. I think this game is very much about kind of waiting for a setup, waiting for things to happen, and it wants it to happen at a certain time. So I, I could be wrong. I feel like the game held off you being able to even find certain things until you play the game for so long. And that might just be me missing stuff. But I know there was like a scene I watched early on, like in the first hour or so of my of my game, and I didn't notice anything weird about it. Then I came back like four hours later, saw that same scene again, and found something I never saw before. So I feel like the game kind of prevented me from finding something too early. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just was dumb, missed it the whole first time. Um, but then that makes it even harder to feel like I'm investigating, right? Because then there was a line I could have clearly followed to find something, and the game actively hid it from me. So, I don't know. I'm going down a tangent now, so I'll, I'll stop. We're done. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to move into our first wave of uh, our speedrun topics. And I figured let the one I wanted to add in, we'll start off with that just to kind of, you know, get it out Hold of on. The give way. me one second. I need to set up our timer. All right. So, so um, where do you want to start at? I was going to start with the layoffs. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Why don't you go ahead and uh, prompt the uh, people watching what this first topic is about, and then I'll click the timer and we'll, we'll chit-chat. All right. So um, something I kind of threw in last second, but uh, just within the last few days, uh, got a little bit of, uh, of, of media attention, but from a few... I'd say maybe from like five different companies, but we're only talk about the the couple that I don't know that I knew of. Um, but there have been some mass layoffs at some major video game news uh, outlets, pretty much. Um, first, uh, I think the first one I had heard of was actually the G4 one. Um, if you don't know, gosh, should we explain what G4 TV is? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if people were at this point remember G4, even though they came back recently. 
Uh, I mean, I guess. Um, so they were like, well, I mean, it probably would help. Um, so it was like what early two thousands, um, maybe mid two thousands. This was like back when you know we still had cable TV, TV and used it. Yeah. Uh, well, before that, it was even on like tech TV, and then it moved into uh, G four on Spike. Like it moved around a bit, but um, this was kind of like at least on you know network television. This was your gaming mm-hmm. one to um, one stop shop. So they had like Attack of the Show, Attack of the okay. Show. They had X Play and a few others. Um, and it gave birth to some you know major um, TV personalities or uh, video game personalities that Kevin still Pereira. Kevin Pereira. You got um. Uh-huh. Uh, Sessler, uh, Adam Sessler, there was Morgan Webb, and, you know, several others. Olivia Munn, you know, kind of kicked Olivia off there. Munn, yep. So, G4 was around for quite a while, and then eventually, you know, ratings went down. Cable television, just in general, cable you know, television, yeah. started dropping off. So, G4, I think there were some other issues that happened, like they got bought out and some things changed. That, um, you know, the actual, um, what am I trying to say, the, the shows they were putting out there, um, where it's like mostly being like what cops and stuff after a while, and it just wasn't the same kind of network oh, it used to be. Had a lot of dating shows, so it got weird. So eventually, kind of you know disappeared, and people went their separate ways. And they brought it back like what a year and a half, two years ago, starting on YouTube. Mainly, so. mainly YouTube, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I think so. That's um, the preface. Yes, but, yeah. So just this last uh, few days, they've uh, laid off what twenty to thirty staff members. It says. Um. But yeah, they. I'm pretty much have just been uploading like video game reviews and some other mild topics up to the YouTubes. I'm going to start um, our timer. They got the preface of it now. That's fine. Um, but yeah, they, they, I mean, from what I understand, I I looked at some of the view counts and they're just, don't get me wrong. They, they dwarf my channel, but like, uh, how many don't, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it's just like compared to like, some of the major players, the IGNs, and some of the other more modern video game news outlets or news people, their their numbers just are not where they used to be. And some of the biggest, I don't even know, are like some of the big names still with the modern G4? Like is Kevin Pereira even there? Or so, I know Sessler is there. I don't know where Morgan Webb is. I don't know if she's a part of that. Olivia um, Munn, obviously not. Yeah, um... So, I'm trying to think how I even want to begin with this. Because I was actually really excited when they decided they were coming back however long ago. And initially, they did have a lot of those personalities back. Uh, Sessler was back for sure. Uh, Pereira was around for a little while. I don't know if he was, like, short-term or long-term or whatnot. Um, and I think they even got, like, Olivia and Morgan Webb to be there for, like, a special or something. So, they definitely tried to get some mm. of those names back. But they were definitely also rebranding with stuff, right? They had um, they brought on the guy from The Completionist. Was it Gerard? Um, whatever his last name oh, is. Oh, the Gerard, Gerard the Completionist. That's yeah. His name. Uh, okay. Uh, well, he was one of their mainstay hosts for a while, as well as a few others. So they were bringing some talent, which is all fine. Um, and I tried to keep up with them for a little bit. Um, I'll tell you, I and you, you mentioned this earlier. I mean, their format of things was still very kind of TV based, and that mm-hmm. you know it didn't translate as well, I think, to um, the general YouTube style of doing things. Um, like I didn't feel like their reviews were. I'm trying to think of a good way to say this because um, it might just be me maybe changing my preferences of how I like reviews, but they didn't read as well to me in YouTube format. Um, I don't know, maybe they felt too long or too structured. I don't know what it was exactly, but for me, they didn't really hit hit home really well. well. Can I throw something I was just thinking about is the is the um, like the entire like group um, aspect of G4 like. Like, like what I like personally when I like get attached to a, a, a YouTube channel 
generally for me, I get attached to like one singular person, even mm. though if there's three to four people, that's fine. But there's always that one person that is like the main draw for me. And I just wonder if like the committee type approach to G4, you know, was like the proper way to come. I mean, I know you have to because that was was G4, but like. Well, when you say committee, you... what do you mean? Because they were bringing back people. I mean, they were still having like, you know, focal new kind of uh, personalities like Sessler was a main face again. And for a I while, prayer was too. If YouTube is your primary form of revenue. Like, if, if that was the only way they were, like, if that's how G4 came back, where they were mainly uploading to YouTube and maybe a few other places, I don't think financially you could be stable enough to be able to support 30. Oh, like a whole crew. 40, I see what you're saying. A whole crew. Like, um, like it, it like depends. A lot of the YouTube channels I, I personally like tend to seem as though there's maybe one to four people. And then, sure, I'm sure in the background, maybe some of them have more more you know yeah i mean i think like i tell you i'm always surprised like when i think i'm watching it like a startup channel i should only have like one or two people and then i find out there's like 20 to 30 people behind them so i don't necessarily think that's what you should be basing it off and to be fair g4 wasn't like coming out of nowhere with no name and no reputation like there was a lot of hype around g4 coming out and honestly i think regardless of how many people they had with them they could have succeeded given a different push and i guess what i'm getting at here um this was not the same old G4 it used to be, and you might argue, okay, yeah, in some no, ways that's better, but the thing that I think really kicked it off, and some people who watched might realize this, because I was trying to stick with them for like that first year or so. I don't remember the host's name, um, and I apologize for that, but one of their hosts during one of their little podcast discussion times came out and kind of attacked about. their community. Now, you could argue how altruistic what they were saying was, and I'm not trying to you know, you know take one side of this, but they came out really harsh on their community. Um, and the person who was, um, you know, putting this out also had already made some errors and whatnot. And our, people were arguing that she was misinterpreting the reason she was giving this kind of pushback on the community. And it was a real bad look. And that led to a couple of other bad looks over the course of that, you know, like two or three week period. And that, that's just a bad way to go about it. Like once you attack your audience, which is the one that's supporting you, especially on a uh, something like YouTube, you don't have your audience, you've got nothing. Uh, and it's not like their ratings were incredibly high. Like they were starting to move somewhere. This event, I think, was kind of their initial downfall and kind of tanked them, or at least not tanked them, but started that whole downhill slope. I think they moved to Twitch not long after that. It's kind of their <laughs> primary location. Um but anyways, that was the end of our timer, so I don't know how much more you oh, want to say even about hit it. The Tencent one. <laughs> I guess um, we'll just throw in. Uh, that's all I really had to say about G4. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure how relevant they were anymore, but it, I mean, it still sucks. You never want to hear of people, you know, losing their jobs. It's, it's yeah. bad. Sure I just kind of, I'm sorry, go ahead. I've been talking too much. No, I just kind of questioned the, the, the way they were kind of going back for comeback. And, you know, it could have been that like, like you were saying, um, as to it, you know, m not approaching certain subjects the right way, or maybe attacking some of your fans. That could have been, you know, it could have been that back when you're on cable network, you have way more people hovering over you and keeping track of what you're doing. And then, you know, people who are less experienced, maybe now coming, now they're becoming a YouTube channel. So like the actual, like people that are in the shows have more say as to what's going on and what's said. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I'm not sure less... how she was able to say whatever <laughs> she said, like how that all kind of came to be, but. I don't, know, I don't know how much of their downfall is just about their content or whatnot. I mean, I, I will say I didn't grasp onto the content like I used to, but I'm not saying that's necessarily just because 
you know, they're on YouTube and times have changed. It could have been me personally just have changing my preferences. Um, but I don't know. They they had an uphill battle to begin with. I mean, they were coming into this at least with, um, you know, some initial fan service because they had some reputation. But I feel like they, I don't know, they really let that dwindle at a certain point. I mm. think, I'm going to come back to I think their downfall, at least their initial start, was when they attacked their fans. I know that's when I stopped. Um, and I wasn't even in the fan group they were attacking, but I just looked at them like, that's a bad look. Um, and then I shifted away, and based upon, you know, other forms of when I was checking out, a lot of people shifted away. Now, it could have been, you know, a vocal minority, but, you know, you can't afford to lose even a small amount when you're trying to get up and running like that. See, you guys don't ever have to worry about that from the old Chaz man. I will, I'll never attack any of you for any reason. I'll, all two I'm, of you out there. All two of you out there. I'm a shill. I'm a shill. I'll talk about whatever or not talk about whatever. All right. So just real quick, just to throw it in there, another company that had mass layoffs was the company Tencent. If you don't know, Tencent is the major video game publishing company conglomerate that's over in China. But um, this is actually a company I'd never heard of uh, in terms of their gaming news site called Fanbyte. Uh, apparently just up and out of the blue, they laid off the entire staff for the entire Fanbyte media. So... Um, I know a couple people who are big in the in the gaming news. Uh, I think uh, Im Imran Khan, if I remember, he's like a big. He had just joined them recently and was like on on work. He was like working in a different state in a different country <laughs> and was like, "Oh, I just got let go while I'm working." I don't know, but uh, yeah, pretty messed up. They laid off the entire thing, and I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to throw in there. I don't. I mean, I don't think we need to start a new time or anything for this. It, it's, no, no. it sucks when anybody loses the job, especially like that. Like, if you know that you're just kind of impending, that my job could be lost at some point down the road, that still sucks, but at least then you have, you know, some kind of anticipation and can, you know, figure out some way to work around it. Something like this where you just wake up one day and you're fired. I know That's I read part of that article um, where some of the employees who didn't get fired were like, yeah, I was working with that guy an hour ago, and now they're gone. Um mm -hmm. And that stinks. Um, and I'm not. I don't. I don't watch or I haven't uh, kept up with. Was it fan bites? I. That's not a media outlet I, I personally follow. I looked up their Twitter, and I went to their Twitter page and looked up. I was looking at how many likes each of their their articles were getting, and I was seeing like three, four likes on on their posts, and I was like, Yeah, it makes me hmm. wonder how big of like Tencent is huge. I wonder if that's maybe why it's getting so much. Um, media coverage right now is because Tencent is Tencent, right? They buy well, everything. I, I think while it, why it's getting big news headway is because of the couple people I named, like Imran, he was a mm -hmm. big... He worked at other companies, but I think why it's getting news is because they recently hired big names from other companies, and those big names have... Their word is, I guess, loud enough where they were able to kind of get... Like, I know um, uh, Greg... Uh, what's his name? Greg... Greg Miller, is that his name? The oh, dude from the kind of funny. funny, yeah. Like people like him knew him, so it's like I think those people are the ones that are making the noise, mm. really for the for the fanbite people. I'm not saying, you know, I'm sure they they got some some viewers somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it was from looking at it practically, they didn't have a whole lot going on. But once again, that's not a a media outlet that I followed, so maybe there was a different type mm -hmm. of audience or fan base that did track them a little more, but. 
it could have just been Tencent cutting costs, and I don't know the culture at Tencent if that's just kind of how they are, if they're very you know profit focused, and if it doesn't match, then they just cut you. But regardless, my heart goes out to anybody who was affected by that, who's now you know looking for a job. Oh, so. Tencent's a you know they're a Chinese company, so you know some media outlet that they have that's predominantly American or something that's not doing well, they're probably just like, oh yeah. Yeah, and I, say, I can't say that with any certainty. That's not no, something I'm not I have checked as far just... as their culture is concerned, but it wouldn't surprise me, I guess is kind of what I'm going with too. So either way, mm-hmm. the whole thing sucks for everybody who lost their jobs. My heart is out for uh, goes out to you and I hope you guys find work soon. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna move on to our second uh speed run topic. Mm-hmm. Um now I didn't you you're the one that did the notes this week, so I'm gonna literally read it word for word what you have here. I don't know if you... Yeah, you were real behind on notes this week, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I I was busy this week. That's um, fair. So this topic I actually did hear about, and I actually was just listening to a podcast like earlier this morning that was kind of talking about it. But basically, the PSVR games for PSVR will not uh, be work... They will not be able to work, basically, on PSVR 2, uh, PlayStation has basically said. Um, so I guess highlighted here we have a Nishino. I don't know who he is within Sony, but uh, Nishino highlighted the advanced feature set of the PSVR 2 as the apparent reason for this, specifically the haptic feedback-ready controllers with adaptive triggers, as well as inside-out tracking and eye tracking, among others. Developing games for PSVR 2, Nishino said, requires a whole different approach than the original PSVR. So basically they're saying that the infrastructure or whatever for PSVR 2 is just not capable of running PSVR or will have trouble with it. Um, I'll let you go ahead since I already know you're going to have a, a strong opinion about this. I call BS, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. So it's newer technology, but I would be surprised if the newer technology wasn't capable of doing the more limited functionality that was in the older stuff. Like most, and I could be completely wrong, I don't develop any VR stuff, but most technologies is iterative, meaning it builds upon the functionality you had before. So whatever the old games and old hardware used to be able to do, the new ones should be able to do that and more. And I don't know. I mean, here's the thing too. These games... Although they have to be compatible with the PSVR, and I don't know all the inner workings there, um, the games themselves run on the PlayStation, right? Like, the actual rendering and all that still is taking place on the PlayStation. Oh, he's the senior vice president of Sony. Okay. Yoko Nishino. And I guess my point being is, like, right now, they have an adapter where you can play your original PSVR on the PS5. So you can play those PS4 VR games on the PS5. So the games do play on PS5, so why can't they run through the hardware? Like, I find that really hard to believe. Like, sure, I could be way off base. There could be some technical issues that I really don't know. I think it's money. I think it's an opportunity for them to repackage stuff and sell next-gen versions of whatever games are popular. To be fair, there weren't a huge amount of original PSVR games. I mean, there's, you know, there's some decent ones on there. Um, but I think they'll take the best ones. They'll upgrade them and resell them to you for full price like i said i could be wrong but i find this really crappy news because i was pseudo tempted to get the psvr2 like i was actually leaning more towards the quest pro whenever that happens but you know i've been meaning to get psvr for a while i'm like well you know it's probably gonna be backwards compatible so i'll get the new one i'll be able to play all my old ones i've been picking up cheap like right now gamestop has psvr games like on sale for like two or three bucks like if you're looking to fill out that collection go to gamestop and buy it up um 
So I don't know, I'm actually really disappointed about this because this means if I ever do care about playing uh, what's on my shelf, the Iron Man VR game they have, I now have to go out and find a PSVR 1. That also means the price of the PSVR 1 probably won't drop anytime soon. I was hoping it no. would come down to like, you know, 50, 60 bucks. Um, I can find it on Craigslist, not Craigslist. <laughs> That's they still haven't related. announced a release date for PSVR 2. I, it's I been like so. pseudo, it's been pseudo announced in general that I think people just kind of know PSVR 2 is out there, is being worked on, but Sony hasn't. Sony Sometime next said, year has, is yeah, all anybody knows. I don't think they've even said their PSVR 2 is a thing. Well, no, I guess. Oh, no, it's a thing. They have, they have to have because. And they've, they've already shown it off. It was at, games. I'm pretty sure it's been at the Tokyo Game Show. People has have it? hands oh, on okay. with it. So people are getting exposure to it. And it's actually been getting some pretty, um, I think, good criticism is or critical acclaim based upon how well certain things are functioning, some of the new technologies. Um, but little things like this, I don't know. Sony's been making some weird missteps this generation. I don't know if it's a matter of them, you know, being a little too overconfident with stuff or whatnot, but I'm a little worried some of these um, less than consumer friendly choices they're making are going to pay off for them in the long run. I just, um, I mean, I'm, I mean, this is nice and all. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to my, I, I really would like for them to remake Last of Us. I mean, that would be really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you laughing for? They, I want, I'm serious. I, remake okay. it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, wait. I just saw they've remade it three times. Yeah. Oh, shoot. They'll probably re I bet they'll probably re-release Last of Us Part 2 for PS5 because technically it's a PS4 game. So they'll probably want it to be on the PS5 so you can have the best experience because that's what they're all about. Uh, that's why, you know, Xbox can't have Call of Duty because PlayStation needs the best Call of Duty experience. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sony's just not, and I'm not a, I don't like to come across like fanboyish. I, I prefer most cons, like all the console brands and bouncing around between them. But Sony's just coming across really kind of jerkish this whole, whole generation so far. The only company that can get away with it is Nintendo. And that's because they have and really no they shouldn't. I mean, I call it Nintendo and I, there's a couple of things we'll talk about. I'm not, <laughs> too um too keen on that nintendo's doing either right no, now i'm not but... saying that's for a reason i'm just saying because they don't have competition within their niche of of video games and they're the playing a different IPs game right they now. have yeah exactly so i don't know i found this news pretty disheartening um i mean i don't know if i'm even going to be a lot interested to pick up a, a psvr2 now um i'm pr at least I'm not, not anytime soon that was my main rationale for doing it. I pick up the PSVR 2, maybe get one new game for it, and then I can check out all the old stuff I missed out on while I, you know, wait for other games to come down. But now, all I would be able to play is the new stuff, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the Quest Pro. Sad. I'm fine. Uh, VR has never been something I care about. Like, uh, I, I do think there are experiences on there that would be fun, but it's just, it's never been... I don't know, man. I'm an old man. I like just give me a controller and I got eyes. Yeah, that's fair. I'm a proponent for uh, VR. Like, um, I have been for a long time, but since I got the Quest 2, there's some really cool stuff you can do on there. I'm not going to go as far as say this is the future of gaming because, you know, that's uh, too broad of a thing to even try to attempt to say. But it is definitely something here to stay. And when done well, it's an awesome experience. So I'm not anti-VR, but I'm anti the way PlayStation's kind of rolling out their next one. But either way. Yeah. And with this next topic, we did still want to talk about, even though we moved TGS. Yeah. I mean, um, I figure like when we talk about the, and you can do however you want, but when we talk about the big kind of um, game showcases, we'll just focus on just the games themselves. Um, mm -hmm. But some of these, I think, are specific to interesting little news nuggets that came out of it. So I'd say still quickly mention this one. 
All right, so it seems as though Resident Evil 4 Remake um, is going to be launching on PS4, but it will not be on Xbox One. Um, that's such an odd statement, like on OG PS4 and Xbox yeah. One. This is so, talking about Resident Evil 4 is coming out on next gen system, so PS5, Xbox Series, etc. Xbox One's it already has Resident Evil 4 though, but it has like that. Not the, but not the not new the remake. remake that's it has like out. the original version. Yeah, so they're saying the new remake is going to come out on PS4. They're not going to bother putting on Xbox One. Why? <laughs> I guess I should read that. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I don't think they've come out and said exactly why. I would imagine it's... Some people are arguing it's because, oh, the PS4 is more powerful than the Xbox One. Not by much. Like, it is, but it's pretty marginal. There, And to be fair, I think whatever this Resident Evil remake ends up being, I think the Xbox One could probably handle it at some level. I have a feeling it's just how much effort the developers want to put into it. They're probably looking at the install base. PS4 is a huge install oh, base. Oh, it dwarfed Xbox One. Yeah, it's yeah. install base. Was so I, I imagine it's just because they don't want to put the extra funds to develop for the Xbox One because they're going to sell like three copies. Uh, whereas the PS4... Here's the thing, like, they're still putting people who don't have a PS5 or Series X, so honestly, the PS4 probably will be... I don't know, when the, when's the game releasing, does it say? Uh, I'm trying to look at it quickly. I don't feel like it's too far off, but it could be wrong. Um, but I guess my point being, PS4 is probably still going to be one of their biggest markets to sell to, right? There's far more PS4s out there, I think, than PS5s by, mm -hmm. by a long shot. So that's my logic uh, behind it, or this decision. Um, I, I'm surprised... Um, I'm not sure how much more difficult it would be to develop for the Xbox One, though. Like, they've already developed for the Series X. The architecture should be similar. It should be a matter, I would think, of just scaling things back. So um, the fact that they're looking maybe that install base being that insignificant, I think is pretty interesting. But I don't know. I don't know. If, is that what you even... Would you want to play it on those consoles? I mean, I remember when we... Uh, back before I got an Xbox One, remember we started... I tried to play Destiny mm -hmm. on the 360... And it was such a bad experience. As opposed, it wasn't horrible, but it graphically was not well up to, up to standards at that I, time. It's hard to say if you'd have a similar experience with this game. Um, I think that was a slightly different scenario. Like Destiny really pushed, I think, what the console could do from a lot of different levels. And the 360 to the Xbox One was a big jump. Um, I think the jump you get now, although it's big it's not as significant as what you've had in prior generations. So I don't think, I mean, you definitely notice some differences. Like there were, it probably wouldn't run at the same frame rate. Um, I'm sure the resolution would have to be quite a bit lower, of course. So it mm. wouldn't be as good of an experience. I don't think you're going to get like the worst experience out of it either. And clearly if they think they're going to be able to put it on the PS4, there can't be that concern. The experience is going to be too abysmal. Now, would I want to play it there? No, but that's because I have newer consoles. If I didn't have newer consoles and I wanted to play Resident Evil, then... Sure, I'd want to play it on my Xbox One if that was what I had. So I think it kind of sucks for that group um, of people. If you are someone out there who's just, you're an Xbox fan, you haven't been able to find a Series X, um, so you're stuck with an Xbox One and you want to play Resident Evil 4. I, that kind of stinks. Um, I don't know. I get I why they're doing just, it. I think everyone should just be made to play it on the good old PS2 back there. Yeah, GameCube. With the GameCube. chainsaw controller. <laughs> I would I I had a chance to buy one of those things like for a good deal. Six or seven years ago for like a pretty good deal. I remember I remember someone sending it to me. You were you were somebody sending it to me from uh 
from OfferUp or something, and I should have bought it. It was like thirty or forty bucks or something. It was, well, it wasn't me then because I would have bought it if I saw it for thirty or forty bucks. It was that, a long time ago. This was probably several years ago. I and if I would have saw that at any point, I would have bought think, that for I thirty. I think 40. it was like forty. It was like forty bucks, and I <sighs> yeah. Then you, I regret not buying. You were it. dummy. You should have bought th- that. Thing's worth I like what? It's several hundred bucks right now. Um, Is it several? I am pretty sure. I can probably pull it up real quick. Let me just pull up price charting because I'm curious. Enough Last to... time I heard it was like a couple hundred, but oh, that's what I said. Well, them? several could mean more than two. I don't know if it's more. Oh, than okay. That. Um, I was thinking like five hundred bucks. I'm like, Shh. oh, I don't think five hundred. Um, I would probably like three, two, two fifty, three. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's probably shy of three. Let me see. Uh, chainsaw controller. <laughs> there it is. Great, con- great content. Look. Looking up stuff. So loose price on PS2 is 275, GameCube is 278. So complete in box is 300 on GameCube. So yeah, if you have one new for GameCube, 750 bucks. Sheesh. Like I said, I remember. I think it was you. You sent me one an article or a, an offer up of of something like for. I think it was like sub. It was under 50 dollars, and I was like, eh. I don't, I don't feel that. like it was me. Because I've always wanted one of those, and I think if I would have saw one for sub hundred dollars at any point, I probably would have bought it. So that had to be someone else you sent that to, you. or I was a, a dummy. But either way, <laughs> all right, we'll stop. We'll stop boring you guys with our. What are you talking about? This is the book. kind of content they want, where I can pull up spreadsheets and uh, gauge price histories. I that's bet what get. somebody that's out what there should... wants it. Maybe that's what it should be. We should be a game price charting analytics uh, channel where we just chart how the trends have gone up and down. no just kidding no no i was gonna say that's what they should uh sony or uh capcom should remake remake that controller make a new version of it hmm? yeah no everyone every, the collector's editions nowadays are you don't get stuff like that anymore most collector's editions don't even come with the game anymore so <laughs> that's right all right one more time all right so our last speed run topic for the day is the golden eye debacle now this one, I'll be honest, I don't know a heck of a whole lot about. I heard about it, don't know the exact specifics, but uh, I'll kind of just brief through it right here. Um, it says, bah, 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 bah. rumors of a GoldenEye 007 remaster have been making the rounds for a while now. Today it was finally revealed in the weirdest way possible, while Nintendo promoted a port with online play for its Switch online expansion pack during a big September event. Microsoft quietly revealed a better version of the game would be coming to Xbox Game Pass better. at some point as well. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't even... So I'll, I'll kind of give you the cliff notes. Um, so you have two versions. You got the Switch version coming out, and then you got the Xbox version coming I out. I heard about the online, no online with Xbox. That's so all I So the heard. Xbox, what makes it better is they have literally um, rebuilt the game. So it has, well, like, no, I'm sorry. Well, they, no, they're not really rebuilding it, but they've added um, 4K resolution, 60 FPS, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to run better than ever. It has new controls. It has like dual analog, actually, um, you know, standard modern FPS controls. And that's pretty huge because I don't know if you've gone back and played GoldenEye in the past five to ten years. Playing on a single analog stick and the C buttons, man, sucks. Uh, so I think the controls and the fact they modernized them is a big deal on Xbox. Um, lack of online play, it kind of stinks, though. If there's no online play, is there 
Why would there even be multiplayer? What would be well, the there's local of... local co-op. It's just local co-op? Yeah, so they're kind of it's going back to old school where you're going old school. Yeah, you can still screen peek and uh, you know, watch your buddy hide in the air vents to sneak up behind you. Um, so they're going for that kind of experience, whereas because the Switch emulates all their N64 stuff, they were able to easily basically add a multiplayer component into their emulator. Basically it treats it like local, but it runs through their network, which is what you can do with emulators anyway. Uh, so it, it gives them that networking capability, but nothing's upgraded. Like, it's not better FPS. The controls are the same, as far as I know. Granted, when I say controls the same, it's still got to be on, you know, technically a modern controller. But I don't think they're, they're going to have mapped it as well. We'll have to kind of see how that plays out. Um, so you're just kind of left with a decision. Do you want to play on the Switch, where you can possibly play with friends online? Which I'll tell you, in many cases, is probably more likely. Like, I don't get friends over here to sit on my couch and play games too often anymore. So I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of opportunity with the Xbox version to play co-op. I'll play it on Switch. Well, yeah, probably Switch. I mean, just because I'd rather play with you guys. So, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. And here's the other thing that people are mentioning, too. The Switch has notoriously bad multiplayer. Like, people right now are up in arms because, uh, what, Splatoon 3 is having all these multiplayer issues? Anything. Yeah, that came out, like, what, a week or so ago, uh, which is, like, almost purely multiplayer online, and the online still stinks. Um, at this point in the game, especially for a game like that, what's going on, Nintendo? So that would be, I guess, your concern. Yes, Switch has multi online multiplayer for uh, GoldenEye, but is it even going to work well? I mean, is it going to be just janky as all get out and it doesn't even matter? So, I don't know. I would lean towards wanting to play on the Switch just for the possibility of playing with people. Oh, but... it's coming to Game Pass? Oh, yeah. sweet. So, Golden is coming gonna... to Game Pass. That's where I'm going to play the story mode, at least. I'll play the story mode. It'll look way better. Oh, here's the other catch, too, to keep in mind. So, Golden Eye for the Switch is coming for that N64 expansion pass. You're not just getting the game, like, oh, standalone. so you gotta have that. <laughs> so you already have to have, you know, their subscription as well. So, and I don't. I don't have their N64 subscription. Actually, I want to talk about that in a little bit anyway. I don't. I don't either. Um, well, we're so, on the same, I think we're on the same plan. We're on, like, a family plan or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Did I, actually, I don't even remember if I re-upped it. <laughs> uh, I, I offered you, like, I think I offered you, like, 50, 75 bucks I never use the Switch online. That's the thing. I don't use the Switch online. And really, if you're not doing the expanded pack, there's no reason to have it at all. So I might let uh, let mine lapse, period. So I can even play online with it right now. But I don't know. So I don't have a whole lot more to say about that. Um, And I'm only pseudo excited, to be honest, to to go back and play GoldenEye. I did play it not too long ago, just on the N64. I went through most of it. So I've kind of already scratched... That's an old Rare game, right? So Xbox technically owns that. Hence why they're getting it. It's one of those weird things. Um, a lot of those Rare games, because they're Nintendo properties a lot of the times, but because they're Rare and Xbox owns Rare the developer, it's like a split license kind of thing. So both parties have to agree. I think that's why you saw the announcements for GoldenEye come out pretty much back-to-back, because it was yeah. kind of like a partnership uh, as far as how they released them. So I don't know. I said, I'm not super down to play GoldenEye right now. Maybe when it finally does pop up on Game Pass, I'll be more inclined to, but I don't know. Without online multiplayer, I'd really like to have online multiplayer on the Xbox. I think that's the best of both worlds. I think purely for the content, purely for the content, we have to try and get the group together in one spot and try and play couch, some sort of uh, multiplayer, like split screen. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll try to figure out the logistics for it. 
We have to. I mean, we at least we can get if we can get four people and recreate. It's going to be terrible and it's going to be awful, but we have to. We have to okay. for the content. All to. right, for the content, we'll try to make it happen. Um, All right, there's guess, the timer. Does, does this does this keep people's hopes up or, or not for like a? I mean, since they're doing this for for Goldeneye, like maybe like a banjo one or something free remake or something or no and i wouldn't upgrade. want them to like i know everybody's all remake heavy but as long here's my thing as long as the original game can still be played on modern hardware i don't feel like it has to be remade um banjo kazooie you can play right now i'm pretty sure on xbox series x you put in the rare replay disc you can play it it plays an upscaled resolution on a modern controller okay yes it's in 64 graphics who cares? That's part of the charm of it. Like a lot of times when they modernize the look of a game, it changes it anyway. And then when they start tweaking the gameplay, that's a whole nother ball game. So I don't think they need to be, a, you know, remastering every N64 game out there. Like make sure they're accessible so we can play them again. And that's all I care about. But how were, how will Xbox make money? Game pass. <laughs> all right. uh, they need to remake two human. That's where you need to put all your, put all your time. No, into. they need a, Two human two. Uh, 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 I don't know. All right, where are we going uh, from here? Sh- should I stream two human at some point? No. Oh my god. No, goodness. you shouldn't. That's, that's not did... even a, a question. Short story: Two human is possibly the most frustrating game I've ever played in my life, other than Call of Duty: World at War on Veteran. Those two experiences are probably the worst experiences I've ever had. Uh, uh, I would throw, I would throw, throw a small child. I was so angry playing those games. I just that game, the story behind it, the fact they had to remove it from store shelves. I feel like you can't even get it um, that was digital Silicon marketplaces. Right? You know, Silicon Knights, because um, they had that huge legal thing with Epic and. Man, it was just everything about that game was a mess. But it was owned by a baseball player. That's why I remember it. It was owned by Kurt Schilling. Oh, Kurt man. Schilling owned Silicon Knights, and he, I uh, dude, that's a. I should do a video on that at some point. Silicon Knights, the the history the and comp- downfall of this company you've never heard, never heard. They were huge back in the um, 90s. They put out a lot of stuff. I can't really? recall everything, really? but they, it's not that they were a no-name at the time. People, That's one reason why people were so excited about Two Human, because it was Silicon Knights. But, eh, man, they just just went down in a blaze of not even glory, just, just a blaze. That's All right, funny. Let's move on. Yep. All right, so we're going so to save Tokyo Game Show for next week, we decided. So we're going to move on to just the other day, uh, Sony and PlayStation had a um a state of play and i think if i remember they said or i'm thinking of nintendo never mind but uh this sony state of play said that they were supposed to show off i can't remember what or i have it right here maybe it'll say uh okay so the whole point of it was to show off japanese oriented game Mm -hmm. developers and studios because tokyo game show was right around the corner so with that, uh, just know most of these are Japanese-oriented developers within Sony, but they did have a couple surprises in there, as you as you might expect. Um, so yeah, how did you want to tackle this? You want to go word for each of them? I mean, fine. I forgot we, we don't have many topics this week, so we can tackle each game, I guess. Well, if you say so. <laughs> um, I mean, if there's a game on here you aren't interested in, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Um, no. 
very first one. The good thing um, is this was a pretty short one. Like this whole state of play was like twenty minutes, uh, maybe thirty. I it don't was twenty two minutes. I remember. Was Which like I like. It was no fluff, no talking about nonsense. Like bam, game trailer, bam, great game trailer. Like that's the way to do a showcase. Like honestly, mm-hmm. this was one of Sony's better showings, in my opinion, in a while. Like I thought it was one of their worst, but that was really just me. there was some cool yeah. stuff in here, man. Like okay, go ahead. Let's start with uh, what we got. Tekken up there. Tekken, I liked. Tekken, I thought was a fantastic way to start out. Um. I don't know. I just I've always liked. I'm not a big fighting game person, mm-hmm. but I have some like really fond memories with some of the old Tekken games. More in particular, um, I love Tekken Tag. Tekken yeah. Tag on PS2 was just awesome. Like, and I think that's probably a game we both probably think that game because we both probably played it at some point. But uh, Tekken Tag is like, I mean, I hold that in fairly high regard just because that uh, man that game was like the first game I played on a PS2. And at the time, for me, it was like, whoa, this is incredible. I remember I used to have my grandmother like go to Blockbuster and literally rent the PS2 because you couldn't find them at the time. And mm-hmm. I'd make her keep renting it every weekend, and I'd just play Tekken Tag, Tag Tournament over and over again. It had, like, so... I remember it had, like, a bunch of game modes. It had, like, a story mode. Mm-hmm. It had... I, I think it had, like, mini games. I think, if I remember correctly. I don't remember how. It had a lot it to had, it, like, and all the different characters, learning how to play each one was a lot of fun. Like... I've, I've always liked the fighting, like, mechanics of Tekken. It feels very, like, um, this is the wrong word, but, like, punchy, if that makes sense, even though everything's punchy, but Whenever it feels... Whenever you punch, you'd be like... Like, it, it feels very <laughs> tactile. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm thinking the right word, uh, word, but I don't know. I feel like you can you can feel it when you're fighting in Tekken. Like, other games sometimes feel a little too soft or too flowy. This game, like, you feel the impact every time, but maybe that's just, you know me not have the right the words to explain it i mean they had um oh what was the tiger guy what was his name um oh uh was it pa- panther I want, man i want to say king but i feel like that's a different oh, it's king Is i it think king? it's king okay well make sure i'm yeah, saying the wrong yeah, game yoshimitsu i remember mm-hmm. yoshimitsu everyone remembers him yeah uh you know who yeah okay yeah yoshimitsu king i don't remember the main guys i uh but i remember like isn't, isn't this one with uh hayachi isn't it I don't remember their names. I'm bad with the names. old man with um, the like bald top and like the spiky white hair. Yeah, he's the father, I think, of one of these guys. Oh man, don't ask me to explain the narrative to Tekken. I can't do it. Uh, I'm not gonna. I, I never pay attention. I just like choosing characters and beating the crap out of each other. I remember there it's was a uh, Eddie who did the Capoeira where you can do like, like break dance fight. Like I've just always oh, liked. Oh, that's right. Always like yeah. Tekken, so I'm relatively excited about this. Like Tekken and Soul Calibur, the two fighting games, like. Actual I, fighting games I was I always more of a Street Fighter, or I was more of a Tekken guy more than Street Fighter. I well, you know, I could never get into Street Fighter. It, Street Fighter is really technical. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't really spend time and learn those mechanics, which I feel it to me personally just aren't even always all that intuitive, I had a problem with it. But that was just me. I'm not a big fighter guy anyway, or fighting game guy. But Tekken and stuff like that, you know, I'm into it. So I like this mm-hmm. trailer. I agree. If you ever played Tekken Tag, what are you doing? Go, go play. Did Tekken you ever play Tag. Tekken Tag Two? No, I never did. I've only played the first one. Yeah, I haven't played. It. I've got it sitting over there, and I do. I have had uh, interest to go back and try it, but haven't found the time yet. That's the the good old blue disc. I think Tekken Tag was mm. good old. Yeah, back when the badge um, was still blue. Uh, so next, something I'm not crazy about but i'll let you talk about it if you want to uh, i don't have a lot star to wars say. galaxy edge i think this is a vr title yeah, it's a vr thing um i'll tell you the wind got taken out of my sails with any psvr related stuff after that last thing we talked about yeah um 
I mean, this is neat. That's I mean, fine. I like this kind of stuff, like from, you know, just a environmental kind of experience kind of thing. Um, some of the Star Wars games on the VR have actually been pretty good. I don't know about this one in particular, but um, I played some of that Vader Immortal um, on the Oculus, and that was pretty solid. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if this was relatively uh, good when it does show up. But you know what? Hmm? When it comes to these VR titles, I would actually... I would actually appreciate less gameplay or less like fighting and action. Like I feel like for me, what I would desire would be more like the, the interaction. Yeah. And know, that's what a lot of these are. And... <clears throat> like, cause a lot of them, like, even like that Vader immortal thing, like there's combat and stuff, but it's all pretty slow paced. Cause you know, you, you can't really like fight the same way you do with, you know, a controller as you can when you're walking around literally moving. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of it really is just exploring and interacting with stuff. Like in that Vader Immortal game, man, when I put that thing on and you see Vader standing in front of you like a legit, like, seven and a half foot Vader and you can reach out and start touching the buttons on his chest, like, it was a pretty Ooh. cool moment. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if this was, you know, also a similar type of experience. Um but once again, I am very down on the PSVR right now because of that lack of backwards compa uh, compatibility and their rationale for it. That's probably more why I'm yeah. mad, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, once again, I'm I'm not crazy about PSVR, but I don't know. We'll see. If I ever find one relatively decently priced, maybe, but... And they're I'm still not, like, pricey right now. Like I've seen them for... Good prices. A couple of pawn shops I've seen that are selling for like one forty, which is technically good, because uh, I think right now at GameStop they're sell still selling for like two hundred and up. Um, but honestly, for me to buy, especially for a PSVR one, it's got to be like well under a hundred bucks. But that's just me. Mm -hmm. All right. So a game I actually was more interested in though that came up after this game was a game called Demio, mm -hmm. which it's actually kind of funny because you you and uh, you and your wife were talking recently about wanting to play what some D and D or some tabletops or yeah. something. Um, this looks kind of fun because it is a tabletop VR game, which is super fascinating. There's like cards, and you have to do rolls, and you choose classes and all that. I, I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it looks super fun. I think that whole idea of you know maybe possibly being like a dungeon master while overwatching, overlooking all of this seems kind of fun. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. Um... I mean, I didn't look enough into, like, the mechanics of it to know if it's going to be, like, a true kind of D&D-like experience. Not that I would know. I'm not well-versed in the D&D kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, that's kind of what I thought of, too. Like, this could be pretty cool if you can get people together to, you know, play it. But here's the catch. Like, you would need four PSVR yeah. headsets, which, I mean, the cost of that's going to be rough i can already imagine here's the thing too like so if me and my wife want to play it not only do we both need psvr 2s we also need two ps5s <laughs> so um i'd go uh, out and buy one just to play you'd buy another ps5 and a psvr no, i just mean a vr i just mean a vr oh yeah well, i was saying like okay for you yeah all you have to do is buy the psvr too because you already got the um ps5 but like if my mm -hmm. wife wanted to play that means i need another ps5 and two vr like that's like a $1,200 expense probably, I'm going to imagine, by the time all is said and done. And I can't imagine any any game's worth that to me. So, I don't know. I mean, it's neat. I, I know it says right now it's being developed explicitly for the PSVR 2. I really hope this is one that comes to other platforms, like Hops Upon the Quest or something like that. Um, 
I'll tell you, I mean, I don't know if, what the Quest price is going to be when the new one comes out, but the fact that it's, it's standalone, that's really nice, man. That's one thing, too, with the PSVR 2 that always gets me down is it still has to be tied to the PlayStation itself. It's not a portable thing. It, it raises the cost of it just inherently. I don't know. I just thought about something mm. that would force me to go out and buy a VR. <laughs> uh, if I ever got my perfect... Yu-Gi-Oh, v like a like a Yu-Gi-Oh version of a VR with some AR stuff involved, like that is my like perfect, like because that was always my favorite part about Yu-Gi-Oh was like, just Grab the card deck, game aspect. Like, yeah, that stuff. You just want to have a virtual game. arm that you can reach down and pull cards from. Yeah, that would be perfect, and then like it would be a lot the, cheaper just to buy one of the little card toys and just. Well, not just that, but like. In VR, you could do like the AR I get what stuff you're of battling the monsters. Where like, yeah, you you perform the movement of pulling your card out, placing it, and all that stuff. But then when the monsters pop up out of the card, you can watch them do battle and like that. Could be that, that would be awesome for a VR game. You know, I don't know if you saw. No, we're not talking um, Tokyo Game Show stuff, but Konami just announced like four Yu-Gi-Oh games. Yu-Gi-Oh. So. Maybe, maybe, but I would really hope that it, I mean, not that it would, but I'd hope that they would put that on the Oculus or Quest or not exclusive to the PSVR. That's my one thing I hate about these um, VR games right now. Um, I mean, this is true for any, you know, platform. Exclusivity. It really sucks for the the VR stuff just because of the cost of entry for it. Like, it's always, you know, been that way. If you like want to get a game that's only on Xbox, only on PlayStation, you got to buy the console, but... Now it's okay. You got to buy the console and you got to buy the headset. If you want to play a game that's, you know, on PC VR, you got to have a good PC and the headset. Like, that's why I like the Quest so much. Like, I know they're going to be raising the Quest price and the Pro one's probably going to be stupid expensive. But even if, like, the Quest Pro comes in at 600 bucks, if it could be all in one, has a great experience comparative to someone like the PSVR 2, I'd rather spend 600 bucks on that one unit than have to go get, you know, a headset for my PS5. You know, so I'd like to see these games that are probably going to be exclusive be more readily available on other platforms just for the cost factor alone. But I don't know. That's that's honestly the reason why I don't play many Yu-Gi-Oh games nowadays is because, though, because you can't visualize the monsters fighting that. But I've never gotten my perfect Yu-Gi-Oh experience, not since the old days of Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance with. Um, Eternal Duelist Soul was like the perfect Yu-Gi-Oh game. Well, you know what would and probably help, since... right? You grow your hair out. We get some really strong hair gel. We get <laughs> a giant pyramid necklace. Giant pyramid and necklace. And you're yeah. good. <laughs> Give me split personality to, mm. uh, disorder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I feel you. I mean, that would, that would be neat. I mean, I'm not the biggest Yu-Gi-Oh fan, but I could even see the appeal to that. And honestly, stuff like this um, uh, Demio, like these are good VR-like experiences where you could get together with uh, friends virtually or remotely and feel like you're connected together in a, like a pseudo real-world environment to play games like this. Like it's a great idea. I just think the cost of entry is going to be a big barrier for people if this is going to be an exclusive title. But we'll see. Yeah. All right, somebody get on that. Get on. Get on Yu-Gi-Oh. Make a make that. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on. I think you had a, actually had a note on this in the notes. This is a Yakuza game set in like feudal Japan, which is kind of neat. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Yakuza Ishin. 
which uh, I actually did hear about this, but your note kind of brings it up. Uh, this is a game that actually came out in 2014. I think it was 14. Might have been 2015, but like mid 20. No, you're right. It's 2014. Okay. But um, this is super interesting because I'll be honest, it's not a game I had ever heard of. Um, but I had, I had, I had, I, I don't know. It's not a game I ever heard of, which is kind of interesting to remake a game and bring it from 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you seem like you had something to say about it. I don't have a lot, but I mean, um, it makes sense to bring it now. Like, Yakuza has been having a pretty big resurgence the past, what, three to four years? I mean, they've had all the remasters. I played Zero. Zero was really good. Yeah, and then Like a Dragon's been getting a lot of attention. You had Judgment. You had all this, you know, Yakuza, like, spinoffs of uh, coming up. So it seemed like a good time. And honestly, the gameplay in this looks pretty good. Um, And I believe I should say, though, they did... I believe they said they dropped the Yakuza name. These are not called Yakuza. Yeah, apparently they're it looks like, like they're, a dragon. Yeah, they're killing Asian. off the Yakuza name for whatever reason. Every game Yakuza oriented, I believe, is just called Like a Dragon from here on out. Which I guess I understand. I kind of like the Yakuza name. Do you Yakuza think the real name? Yakuza are getting up in arms about it? They're like, "We're coming after you." I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't really care too much. I mean, I would be, I don't know, I feel like it'd be a dumb idea to drop that brand recognition, but they apparently, you know, have some other instigating factor for why they don't feel like they need it. But the game itself looks pretty fun. I mean, I, I like most things that are feudal their Japan. Games are, Japan their so. games are so ridiculous, though. They're not, like, serious title. Right, <laughs> and that's like, what's fun about and, it. Yeah. Like I the because I just played what Ghost of Tsushima not too long ago, um, and that was a That's lot of fun. Serious. And that yeah, was yeah super like... serious, which was great. I mean, I really loved that. Seeing this just on the other spectrum from a gameplay and kind of um, you know, just narrative kind of atmosphere, like something a little more lighthearted set in that time seems like a lot of fun. Well, I think you'll like Ghost of Tsushima too later on in this uh, in this mm-hmm. list. Um, so next after that we got a game or we got this is just something. Uh, What's this game? Um, oh, this is the Harry Potter um, Harry DLC. Harry Potter. What's it called though? It's Hogwar- uh, Legacy of Hogwarts. I guess it almost called yeah Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy. Legacy. Man, that's what I know. But um, so yeah, I guess the next like new announcement that they showed was this game called Pacific Drive, which is an odd sci-fi looking game that it I believe from what I understand it's survival horror almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks very Ghostbustery. Like you have this car. I'm assuming this is VR. No, this looks like a VR. Not VR. No, not that person. I know of. It's just yeah, it's just a first person driving. Well, I don't know if it's, if it's all first person. I mean, maybe I have to look at a gameplay know. trailer again. It looks kind of Ghostbustery though. You have like a car with all of this like uh, supernatural readings and being able to like detect stuff. I'm curious and how Ghostbustery just... is going to be though, because you don't really get out of the car. Like the whole point is you are driving away from stuff. It's a driving game. Well, I I just mean like. The, just because you're in a the, car. The car. The car and the car can do a bunch of stuff. Goes, it, yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it definitely seems like um, it's more survival horror oriented. But um, I don't have a heck of a whole lot to say. I think it looks kind of interesting. I like I, I like the look of it. Art style. Is it like cell shaded? Um, no, it doesn't like really. cell shaded. It looks like everything's very oversaturated. Um, and yeah. a little... I, mean, I don't know if a good word to say, like, silhouette or something. Like, it's definitely doing some stuff with light to kind of, you know, highlight certain areas. Um, mm-hmm. But I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big survival horror guy. Like, there's there's a fine line for what I'm willing to kind of deal with and what I'm not. And this, I think because of look, the... This doesn't look super horror. Yeah, it doesn't look super intense from that standpoint. It just looks, you know, 
like has some good tension to it. It's got a cool kind of mood. There's some cool visuals. I like driving mm-hmm. games, so I don't know. I'm kind of digging this. I'd need to see more, of course, but uh, I like it. I'm not negative on this one at all. You don't need to see. Go pre-order it. You don't need to see anything. Don't pre-order anything ever. That's the, like the worst advice you can give anybody. Pre-order everything. No. Spend spend all your monies. Um, all right, so we're gonna move on to Sin Duality, which I think I actually heard about the. I saw this one. Um. I guess this was a, a fun mention. I don't know, not fun, but they did announce that their PlayStation Stars thing is gonna be getting rolled out into Asia and then it'll be coming to America here eventually. And these earn like little saw, digital rewards, right? I saw a lot of people that were so cynical on this whole thing. And I don't know. A lot of people don't seem to particularly care about any of this stuff. Um, I was worried. Cause at first when I started seeing this stuff, I thought they were NFTs. rolling out NFT and I was like, wouldn't surprise you, man. A lot of people still think this is a form of NFTs, but, I foresaw it. I was like, oh, no, they're doing it. I was well, you like, saw a freaking no. square with those Final Fantasy toy NFTs. Like, oh. that's a whole other topic. Um, Actually, now that I mention it, did you see uh, Ubisoft has basically, like, swipe- wiped the whole quartz and all of that stuff? Good. They, like, they have, like, stopped talking about it. They don't acknowledge it. It's so funny. Like, Good. I, I think that the whole concept should just be gone. But... I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm not negative on the rewards thing. It just seems really purposeless. I don't know. I don't know. Reward systems to me got to give you something more tangible than that, like some points to spend in the store. Like if you really want to, you know, reward me for investing in your ecosystem, give me some free credits so I can continue to invest in your ecosystem. So, I mean, you throw me an extra $5 coupon every couple of months. I'll buy a digital game, and that will just keep me spending more money in your system. Giving me a little uh, Ape Escape um, 3D whatever that was. It's going to do a whole lot for me, but, you know, teach Real quick, um, how are we on time? Or what are we, an hour in? An hour and 23 minutes. Already? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I Holy told cow. You. you were talking like, oh, this would be a quick podcast. Nothing we do <laughs> is quick, ever. All right, real quick. Sunduality, you said it looks something like Lost Planet. Yeah, that's the only uh, thing I have to say. Like, elaborate. I, well... From what, and I didn't play a lot of Lost Planet, but I remember, you know, you're kind of walking through different environments. You, for part of the games, you're in these little mechs. Um, and in Lost Planet, you're not even always in the mech. You get out and do stuff. But there were moments kind of like this where you're in a mech, killing some stuff, monstery kind of things outside. That's about the extent of it. Um, I don't have anything Fine. more to say than that. I'm not negative on this. It's if you're a mech guy, you'll probably love this. If you're not, looks like JRPG Titanfall. Hmm. All right. Uh, I have nothing. I'm not. I'm not a huge JRPG guy. Like I feel like there's some titles I, I enjoy. Even though I shouldn't say, is this a JRPG? It, I, I don't know, know if it's a JRPG per se. I, I didn't see many RPG components in it, but I could be wrong. Um, I just saw the mech stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, the next one is this game called what is it? Stellar Blade. I know it mm-hmm. was called Project Eden prior to that. Project I think. Eve. Or- Eve, oh, Eden, Eve. But, um, yeah, it's some sort of also, like, maybe it might be JRPG-ish, but it's action-oriented. Um, although it looks kind of hack-and-slashy, maybe like uh, Devil May Cry or something. But, uh, yeah, looks fine. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, say if I have any... anything to say about this game. It looks nice, um... 
a lot of the combat, from what I can tell, like, you're always fighting, like, one enemy. So it makes me hard to kind of feel like, okay, is this hack and slashy, like, you know, Bayonetta-style stuff? Or is it, like, I don't know, more intimate, kind of like Final Fantasy VII kind of action-oriented combat? I don't know. Um, I mean, the graphics and the presentation look pretty good. So, I mean, I'll give it that. Looks kind of, uh, what's the word? Maybe like um, Ghost in the Shelly, maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, this is a game I think I'd have to play a demo of or something to really get a feel for it. Like, it looks good, but that's about the extent of it. It almost looks too good sometimes. It makes me wonder if any of that was like true gameplay. Um, mm. But I don't know. That's kind of neither here or there. Once again, I think a demo or something like it, which they don't release nearly enough of those anymore, I think would be helpful. But, you know, looks good. Good enough. Um, and then I know one of the the biggest announcements that a lot of people were excited about was this game that got announced called Rise of Ronin, which I you made the joke off air, but like yeah, it, it kind of looks Ghost of Tsushima in a in a slightly more modern setting. Well, I didn't mean that as a joke. I meant that in a good way. Um, like it looks like what I I want to say oh, I'd okay. expect a Ghost of Tsushima sequel to be, but it's like you know, a more modernized period for that type of game. Um, mm -hmm. At least not, and the whole game doesn't look like that too. Like some of these scenes honestly look pretty different than how goes, uh, Su I'm sorry, Tsushima. That right there though, he's riding the horse uh, in that environment. That screams Ghost of Tsushima. So I heard some people call it a uh, Ghost of uh, Ghost of Tsushima mixed with like Assassin's Creed. Cause yeah. It's all like flying and some other stuff. And it's got some more dramatic kind of, um, I don't want to say arcadey, but, you know, hack and slashy action in there. Like, Ghost of Tsushima was, I don't want to say realistic, because, you know, as realistic as a game like that can be. This one's definitely got some more flashy combat. I mean, it's Team Ninja, so, you know, Ninja Guide and stuff like that. It seems like it's kind of got that DNA mixed in there, um, which is, I'm all for it. Like, as a Ghost of Tsushima, I know, I know we haven't talked about it in the podcast much, but I really enjoyed that game. It was one of my favorite open world games I've played part in the past couple of years, um, so anything with that kind of feel and environment with made just a little, you know, spin on the gameplay, I'm all for. So um, this game's kind just of way because, out there, though. Just because your name is Team Ninja, though, does that mean you have to make a ninja or samurai-oriented game? No, but they, make... that's not all they made. They made <laughs> other stuff. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're not funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the only thing is, like... the guy's known for uh, Ninja Gaiden, that Team Ninja. I'm pretty sure. Um, I could be wrong, but... Team Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. yeah I'm Team just Ninja. being funny. Just being a wise guy, that's all. Sheesh. Well, you're not that funny. Uh, they did Neo. Um, uh, Dead or Alive. So, I mean, they've done a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, but, yeah, they do lean towards the, I guess, Ninja-E something. That, whatever. They should have uh, done, like a, like, a, like, a, like, a Western Mafia game, huh? Mm -hmm. Team Ninja. Yeah, that's different. Yep. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, whatever you say. I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, this game is way out there, though. I don't know if you saw the dates, like 2024. Oh, yeah, 2024. Yeah. So it seems before. really early to be dropping this. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, dropping a nugget there to kind of keep in the back of your mind. But I'm not a fan when they do mention games this far out. Because for one, I think it leads to, you know, overhype sometimes. Because uh, people right now are already hyping this up. They're already getting excited about it. They've got a year to two years to wait for it. So the world might not be here in 2024 for all. Yeah, fair enough. That's a whole another, <laughs> whole another thing. So uh, I don't know. It looks good though. I'm, I'm, in, I'm digging it. 
Yeah. And then the final uh, announcement was, of course, a controller. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was part of it, though, is uh, they did announce a new controller for the God, for God of War Ragnarok. Ba -ba -ba -ba. For people who like... What is this? What, what color is that? Is that like indigo? Ice uh, blue? I think it's going to be a blue. I'm going to call it Arctic blue. It looks purple to me. Maybe a little bit. It's hard to tell with the shading. I don't see... It just looks like a... Like a purple controller with some wolves on it to me, so I I'm assuming this is probably going to be what, hundred bucks, hundred twenty. I no, I doubt that. Most special edition controllers, price? seventy to eighty. I'd probably say maybe ten bucks more. But here's the most special edition controllers like that. I mean, really, at least that I've seen are usually yeah, like ten dollars more because all it literally is is a paint job. Um, now, if this was like that special, oh, what's the name of it? Um, not dual sense that's what this is called the special controller that sony's putting out the their elite that'd be a different oh, thing um that's one reason why i don't think this controller is gonna be super expensive you've got that controller coming out and that controller can't be more than 130 dollars because if they Was go the edge it's like dual sense edge I maybe think that, that sounds right so um i would imagine this is going to be an 80 dollar controller I'm kind of surprised. Well, maybe not surprised. Um, usually, you don't see just special edition controllers from Sony. It comes along It'd be with a console. Yeah, it yeah, comes along with the console. console. They probably don't want to get into that though, just because you know people can barely even find regular consoles. So regular ones, yeah. Putting out a special one might seem a little odd to them. Granted, Microsoft did it for Halo, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, kind of going on. Of course, as you would expect, we all got. Uh, official gameplay and uh, a lot of story kind of uh, beats kind of shown off in a trailer for God of War Ragnarok. Um, it looks good. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was, I thought everything looked fine. It looked very God of War y. There's gods, there's war. It looked like God of War. I don't know. Well, what you haven't you? played the newest God of War yet. I know you're still working no. through, um, and you've yeah, only finished I'm one and two. Way. So I'm curious how your opinion is going to change once you play the new one. Because yeah. I'll tell you, the new one is a very different beast from the ones you're playing right now. And I'd be curious to see kind of what your preference ends up being. Like, I enjoyed the new God of War. I personally still kind of miss the old God of War gameplay a little bit. I just, um, I just want to throw in, like, I did I did read that the Kratos, it's a different Kratos, a voice actor. They, oh, they were, yeah. they, the voice actor from the original games is not this guy from the from the last two. And I'll be honest, from what I've heard from this newer guy, I I don't think his voice is that interesting compared to the original guy. I, I actually read that the reason why they switched VA voice actors is because they wanted someone whose uh, body shape fitted fit more uh, Kratos because the previous guy was super skinny. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe because they wanted him to do maybe some... I don't see how that know, should make a big difference, to be honest, but okay. Um, and it couldn't be money because the guy they went out and got was... He was a... the guy. This guy's an actual actor. He's from Star Trek. They got to play the new Kratos. Mm -hmm. The previous guy I don't think was a big name, so I, I couldn't imagine this guy was cheaper than the previous guy. He's probably more expensive, so I... I don't know. We'd have to go off on that, but yeah. I mean, well, I mean, when I played the newer, what was it, God, was it 2016? 2018. 2018? I don't know when it was. Whenever it came out, I mean, I thought the performances were good, I mean, across the board. Yeah. So uh, it may not be identical to what you saw or have just seen in God of War 1 and 2, but you're not going to, I think, be disappointed with this guy's performance. And here's that it would have been so long since I had played any of the God of Wars, it's not like I noticed 
a big change or difference. Granted, you're going to be playing them in more consecutive order, so maybe it'll have a bigger impact to you. Mm-hmm. I doubt it, though. Like, here's the thing. The tone of this this new set of games is so different than the old ones. I mean, if one is older and just the way the games are set up and structured and play, like everything is different. So I don't think a voice actor is going to make a big difference to you one way or the other. But See, I'm very curious to see. But yeah, to me, it looks fine. It looks like God of War. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 wasn't, I find like, it funny that you're saying that because like the God of Wars you're playing with and the experience you have is not this God of War. So you say it looks like God of War, but as far as your experience of God of War, this is like completely different. So I just find that to be an interesting statement to say. I mean, you're right. This is God of War. Fighting. I just mean you're fighting. But I mean, I don't know. There is, I guess I can say there is more like, emo- it does seem as though there's more like emotional, sentimental aspects maybe that are happening in this that aren't happening in the originals, mainly because in the originals, his whole family's already dead. So it's like how sentimental can he be when he has nothing in those original titles you know mm. uh, i think for you to kind of have a good perspective on this game you need to play the new one so you need to hurry up on that um i am i'm gonna relatively I'll start excited tomorrow okay. i don't know i'm not i don't know i don't want to come off um like i'm not into this game because i very much am I'm I'm not going to be someone who probably buys this day one. Um, I'll play it when it comes out, and I'll enjoy my time with it. But I'm not super super pumped for it. Um, I I will say not to be a hater, but I'm kind of hoping this game does really well. It's gonna do really well. Cause I don't think Elden Ring should be game of the year. I think oh. this is Elden Ring has no competition right now. I already can tell that Elden Ring is like the love of the darling in video games this year because this is a pretty weak year in video games let's be honest mm. i think um so i think god of war is the last hope for for i don't know elden ring people because I, I again i tried playing it couldn't get into it i'd much rather god of war be game of the year than elden ring see i wouldn't be surprised if god of war does become game of the year just looking at the trailer and just getting my kind of feel off what it's laying down I don't feel like it should. No, I don't think it's fatigue. I don't think it should be game of the year. And I'm saying this way too early. you got to play the game to know. I know that. Um, But to me, I don't know how much better this God of War can be than the other one. I could be completely surprised, but the other God of War set in a really high bar with what it was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And you can say, and that's not even saying how much you will personally enjoy the game, but as far as what that last game set out to do from a gameplay perspective, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it did most of it. Now, I know you could critique it and tear it apart, but that was an excellent game. This game, I mean, where do you really go beyond that? You have new set pieces, you add some more mechanics, you, of course, need a good story to wrap it out, but can you really make it better to the extent that I would call it Game of the Year? Or is it just Game of the Year by default because it's the new God of War? Like, that's what I fear is going to happen. It will be God uh, uh, Game of the Year, but just because it's the super highly anticipated god of war sequel um and i know what you're saying about elden ring i haven't played it so i can't even give my take on the feel of it but i feel just from my understanding of elden ring how i've seen it kind of impact the gaming industry that's a more impactful game of the year like you may not have liked it but there hasn't been a game like that that pushed open world to that extent with that style of gameplay like it was far more unique 
than I think what God of War is laying down here. But once again, that's unfair for me to really say because I'm just looking at it. I've not played Elden Ring, and I've certainly not played the new God of War yet. So I'm just kind of, mm. you know, projecting here what I think might be the case. But yeah. well, I think that's all nonsense, and you're yeah. wrong. <laughs> that's fine. As I'm coming, <laughs> I'm talking on my butt right now because I really no, don't have any experience. But ultimately, I shouldn't care who Game of the Year is. You know, it's not a. Uh, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a. a thing I should well it's subjective about. no matter how you look at it like yeah. it's hard to objectively look at some of these games like compare a game like Elden Ring to God of War they were two completely different games they both mm -hmm. should be game of the years for their genre assuming they both set out to do what they want to do but I don't know it's when I won. yeah like I mean last year what it, t uh, it takes two it one takes game two. of the year and I was ah man I don't agree with that at all so either way Moving on. All right, so so moving on, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct that Nintendo Direct that happened right before this event. Let's please um, not talk about every game. We're not they gonna, listed a gonna, lot of games. I was just going to say I'm not going to talk about everything. What what do you say we go down the line? Whatever you're interested in, just talk about it. So Fire Emblem Engage, not my type of game. What about you? Same. Um, oh. I, I'm trying to think if there's anything even like. I mean, I, I guess it looks good. I don't know strategy it's not my bag yeah i'll leave it there i was all going on a weird rant that i have no right to rant about so um a game i actually am intrigued by octopath traveler 2 got announced um i do have the first game in a couple different styles i need to play that at some point like i know it's a game i'll love i think well i think i'll love it's a jrpg that's old school style see i'm um, curious I'm, go ahead i'll finish your thought but i want to add something well i i I should, I'll take that back. I don't know I'll love it, but I, I'm interested to see if I do. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a title I've been wanting to stream and play for a long, for maybe a year or so now. I'm kind of in the same boat because like when the first one came out, I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. And the second one, same thing. Oh, that looks really mm -hmm. cool. Um, but every time, like at least for the first game, um, critics were real kind of neutral on it. They're like, it looks good. But parts of it just it's fall It's a very flat. square game, from what I understand. Like, if I heard it, just it didn't meet, I guess, certain expectations for like how character, like the eight characters are supposed to interact. I don't know. I, I can't go into a whole lot of detail um, without you know revisiting some of those reviews. But from what I could tell, people were at least somewhat let down with the first one. Like it looked good, but it didn't scratch the itch. I think everybody was wanting it to scratch. So although I'm visually very into what they're doing with Octopath Traveler two. I don't know if it's really going to be something I'm going to like. I, I just hope it would be. No, I agree. It's definitely one, like, whenever I'm done with my playthrough of God of Wars, like, that's probably something I'm immediately going to go into is maybe something like this or maybe Immortality, like you played. There's a bunch of, like, handful of games that I'm kind of vaguely intrigued by. Mm -hmm. um, Bayonetta 3, not, I've never played a Bayonetta game. I do like the DMC style. You'd like it. Slash. I played the first oh. one. Um, don't remember if I finished the first one, but I played a good amount of the first one. And it's fun. I mean, it's that very just quick, snappy, kind of crazy hack and slash mm -hmm. arcadey gameplay. Um, and since it seems like you've kind of found a niche that you enjoy with like the more recent Devil May Cries, I'd be very surprised if you didn't like Bayonetta. Um, for me, it was just like the... The theming of Bayonetta is just really kind of weird. Um, and I don't know, it didn't really hit home with me as well. But um, it's it's a fun game, at least mechanically. So if you're into those kind of games, I would imagine this one's going to be as good, if not better, than the prior ones. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I will say something that very much interested me is this. Let me try to find it so you guys can see it. Oh, here it is. It's this weird Final Fantasy mm -hmm. rhythm game. 
Um, I don't like rhythm games, but man, I, I just thought this looked so cool because um, if you can't tell, you get to play every song in like, I'm not saying every song. I was going to pause like you and say, you just of... said you don't like playing rhythm games, but the game you played today and ranted about was a rhythm game. So I'm That's just fair enough. Anyways, rhythm so. isn't generally my bag, but because that was metal oriented, I, I was digging it. But this, like, just the idea that I get to play, like, play alongside every Final Fantasy song. Well, not everyone, but a large, yeah. a large library. And, I don't know, it just seems fun. You get to see, like, trailers from previous games and stuff while you're playing rhythm songs. I don't know, it just looks looks neat. Something I'd be, I'm interested in. Yeah. I think the catch, though, is if you want to get all the songs, you've got Hard to pony to up some, some money for, like, the deluxe yeah. and for whatever, whatever. But, honestly, if... If you're buying this game for the songs, this is probably a game you'd want to invest in and go ahead and get mm-hmm. everything for. But it's a crap load, man. I think if you get everything, not even counting some of the future DLCs, it's like 500 and something songs. So if you just love the Final Fantasy soundtrack, which let's be real, they have some awesome songs, then this is going to keep you busy for a long time. That's not a, that's not going to be a streamable game, though. <laughs> I guarantee uh, you almost all of tricky. that is copyrighted. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on to something else that I actually was very excited by is, oh my gosh, how do I find it? None of this is in, they're not in the same order. Try and go quick. Oh, here it is. Um, so Nintendo on the uh, N64 expansion pass added some more games. Um, GoldenEye, of course. Um, and something I'm excited, but I'm mad that they're doing is they added the first three Mario Party games, but... They're not all releasing at the same time. I'm so incredibly annoyed by that. Like, mm. I, I think they said the first two are releasing together, and then the third one is releasing like a year from now or something. A it's year like, from now? Is that what they uh, said? Hold on. Hold on. They said it right here. I thought it was just like sometime next year. Oh. Yeah. Which could mean oh, January. Okay, so sometime next year. Okay. It won't be it that like, long. Uh, like when they uh, released uh, or had the you know the lineup for the last batch of N sixty four games coming out, it was like every month you got one. So you'll pro- that's how it's probably gonna work. We're coming into we're in September now, so October you're gonna get Pilot Wings, November you're gonna get Mario Party, December you're gonna get Mario Party two, January you're gonna get Mario Party three. It's gonna be one of those things where they can kind of drip feed these to you for the next what six to seven months or however long. You know who would love these announcements is uh, our buddy uh, Metal Gamer. Oh yeah, he, he's a huge Mario Party Mario fan. Mario Party two is loves- his jam, man. Yeah, and Pilot Wings, I know he loves mm-hmm. too. So that's and for me, it's like I love the first three Mario Parties, and I get Pokemon Stadium one and two, and I don't have to pop in the 64 you know it's just like eh. so that leads me to my question about this because if people um i mean people love the n64 i i'm one of them but most people when they really sit down and think about it there's only what 40 really good great games on the n64 like the whole catalog some of it's kind of junky you have those 40 core like first party and a couple of third party games and now we're almost at the point where that n64 expansion pass has most of them is that enough to encourage you to spin for that extra N64 pass? I I already was going to do it, but you didn't want to do it. So. Well, no, I didn't, because at the time, I did not think it was worth it. You should ask yourself that question. Well, I, I, <laughs> this kidding. is how I ta- start a conversation, Jess. Um, <laughs> but that's what, when this, hit, be honest, though, when this whole N64 thing first came out, it was not out, worth it. It was at, not at worth launch. it, because no, it's I not agree. a cheap upgrade, and there wasn't anything else really with it. My it, desire to do it was simply 
greed. You wanted it content not, for your channel. It was <laughs> it, my my wanting to do it was simply because I'm a nerd, not because I looked at the product and thought, "Wow, that's a great value." No, it was because I was like. I got money burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> and see, for me, like, for the few N64 games that were on the initial list that I could play, I was okay just grabbing them off my shelf and putting them into my console and playing them. Um, mm -hmm. But now there's a much larger convenience because now a bulk of the N64 games I would want are on here. And they're on the N64. And they're modernized with online. So now I'm starting to be more interested. I'm not sure if I'm sold on it just yet, but that's a bulk of what I'd want to see for an N64 collection. And you're still getting, like, what, the Mario Kart um, passes? Isn't that still built into it? I oh, know absolutely. the Animal Crossing is. I think the Mario Kart Deluxe stuff, which that's actually kind of big because they're still putting out new content for Mario Party 8. Not Mario Party, I'm sorry, uh, Mario Kart. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is kind of big news. Um, some people might see it differently, but that's a core set of N64 games that... I think it's in 1080, like 1080, man. That's a great snowboarding game if you haven't played that or don't recall that one. It's, also, it's no SSX, but... Yeah. Those three Mario Party games are like, what, eight sixty to $100 games each? Oh, yeah, and if you're getting them legit. Stadium, mm -hmm. Stadium 2 is like a $100 game right now. Yeah, great yeah. games to be able to let people play. Yeah, no, I agree. So, honestly, that honestly kind of the sleeper news to me of this whole direct, like, mm -hmm, I agree. that really adds value to what they're trying to sell. And you have the Sega stuff built into that expansion pass, too, now. So, I think it's probably at a point now where if you're interested at all in those services, the cost is probably balanced out or pretty close to it. Mm -hmm. All right, so moving on, we have, what, Final Fantasy Crisis Core? Yeah. No, I'm I'm good. I don't have to talk about that. Oh, uh, I I don't like to talk much about it, but I am more intrigued than I um, probably would have been a couple of years ago because I did play the new Final Fantasy VII remake stuff, and I really enjoyed it. It kind of got me back into the Final Fantasy VII lore and whatnot. So I'm you know uh, pseudo excited about that one. I'm not you know you know jumping for joy or anything, but that would be one that would be on my either. list. Uh, you don't have to pull it up. I mean, that's all I really want to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what? So moving on, you said the Mario Kart Eight booster courses. I don't know anything about this. Just um, more DLC. They're just more DLC. Yeah, they're pulling courses from other Mario. They're kind of turning Mario Kart Eight. Uh, Mario Kart. I can't speak. Mario, <laughs> Mario Kart. I keep want to say Mario Party. <laughs> so, That's what um, it should be called. Mario, Mario Kart. Well, it's getting there. Um, but they're kind of turning Mario Kart Eight into like the Smash Ultimate, where it just has everything in it. They're just adding all the courses from like every old game into this Mario Kart, so they never mm -hmm. have to release another Mario Kart. This, man, the sales on Mario Kart 8 are, like, just stupid. Like, they are so, um, I'm pretty sure it is the top-selling game on the system by millions. Um, and it's because they keep freaking throwing more courses at it, so we're never going to see a new Mario Kart. They're just going to keep milking this one until the Switch 3 comes out or something. I don't know. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Um... So, yeah, next we had some Resident Evil Cloud versions that are coming over to the Switch. 2, 3, 7, 8 Village. Great. If you're a Resident Evil fan, that's you're uh, you're overloaded with uh, joy, I'm sure. Uh, not if they're um, cloud versions. Like, oh, that's true. I Every game is going to handle the cloud a little bit differently. Um, Resident Evil's a little slower pace than, like, you know, people are all up in arms about Kingdom Hearts because that's a very fast-paced kind of um, action game. So, I don't know. You played Resident Evil more recently than me. How do you think it would play if it was maybe a little laggier 
or the input was a little slower on it like do you feel like that would have have affected your gameplay significantly that would be a game i would be very frustrated if there was any lag playing because the whole uh survival horror aspect of those games is you take damage that extra bit of tension because it lagged out on you yeah that that it would be super frustrating because again those games are all about healing and trying not to take damage and if you're forced to take damage for stuff that's out of your control i'd be very frustrated imagine lagging out while that baby thing is chasing you oh my god don't, <laughs> even, don't even remind me give you a heart attack um so yeah so that, that we have some remasters tales of Sophonia, kirby's return to dreamland deluxe and there are more than that they had a handful of remasters i know some like um that harvest moon is technically a remaster like they had uh, isn't Rune Factor Factory I think three a remaster or at least a port of something. Um, no idea. I don't know. They had a lot of remasters, um, and I am curious if they will be full price, like especially that like Kirby's Dreamland Deluxe. I'm pretty sure that was a Wii game. So Ooh. do we see that as a sixty dollar title popping over to Switch? Do we have a Last of Us Part One remake situation all over again, but now with Kirby? I could, I could not imagine people would be willing to spend full price for a Kirby remake? They will. Maybe? They will. They'll, like This I think I was kind of alluding to earlier. Like Nintendo does the same kind of... I don't want to say anti-consumer, but to a certain extent. Uh, they do the same kind of stuff that you know we're getting on Sony about as far as doing some new remakes and remasters and then charging full price for it. They're going to do the same thing here with Kirby. I'd be very surprised if this is not a full price thing. I mean, we looked about all the ports they pulled from the Wii U where they you know had... Um, what is it, new Super Mario Bros. Deluxe, and they put that on the uh, Switch, and that was full price. Um, you enough. could argue, was that worth it? Most people would say no, but most people didn't play it back on the Wii, so they didn't care. So, I don't know. I feel like this is, I would hope, would be like a $40 game, but I doubt it. It's going to be a $60, mm-hmm. and people are going to buy it, and they're not even going to think twice about it. Yeah, you never know with those guys. Um, and then, yeah, we got into, there was a big farm frenzy with Nintendo for some reason during this event. They had, I know you have four, but I think I read there was like there six. There were more. Yeah. I there didn't, was like six farm oriented games. That I didn't list here. every game on there, but it's just weird. Cause like you had like the standard kind of like slice of life farm game. Then you had mm-hmm. like the co-op farm game. Then you had the JRPG farm game. It was just like, my goodness. Um, I don't know. Some of them didn't look terrible, though. Like I don't know how much you are you're into that kind of you know if, uh, slow farmy resource management kind of thing. But if you, uh, if you live in the Midwest, I'm sure you loved this Nintendo Direct. Yeah, uh, Harvestella looked. I mean, it looked very JRPG um, for mm-hmm. theme and everything alone. But as far as the farming games go, that would probably be the one that's closest up my alley. But I don't know. There was a lot of farm stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing to say. I mean, farming games are not generally in my bag, especially like, I think Animal Crossing is the only kind of similar type game to that style. Yeah, I wouldn't I've even say that's really a farm into. game. Like, that's more of a sim management kind of game, but... That's fair. That's the only one I can name off that does some of those things that I've kind yeah. of gotten into. Um, yeah, moving on from those, we had a Fatal Frame... I think that's a remake. Mask Pretty of the sure, Lord. yeah, but this is a remake. That should have been up not in the my category. not my type of game. I like survival horror, but I just don't like the picture taking aspect of that. Mm. Um, we got Tunic that's got announced coming to Switch. Yeah, Maybe a lot of these like, next few were just like ports. Pretty much are coming over. Yeah, Tunic. It takes two Sifu. 
those are great games, you know. All Honestly, uh, have fun with those. Tunic, I think, is going to be really well suited for the Switch. Because right? um, I enjoyed it on Game Pass, but that wasn't a game that, honestly, after I played it for a little while... I wanted to sit down at home and play. Like I wanted to play other, you know, larger experiences. But something like Tunic, I feel, could be really good for pick up and play. So, like if I'm out, I can play that for an hour or so, make a little bit of progress. So, I think that would be a big one to have on the Switch. Yeah, I agree. And then we got our last two announcements. We got an announcement that Pikmin Four is in development. And then, da da da, the biggest announcement from this event is that we finally got a title for the new Zelda game. And we got... Did we get a release date? I don't think we still got a release date. Yeah, no, we did. Uh, May 12th. May 12th? Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, before we go that far, uh, do you have any interest in Pikmin? So you just kind of glossed over it. Um, I do. I actually like the Pikmin games. I'm super interested by Pikmin 4. I I, I don't have many of them. I actually don't think I have any Pikmin games, which I, I should... I don't know why I don't have any, mm. any. But I remember enjoying Pikmin's 1 and 2 way back in the day. Those are the ones I've played. I haven't played three. Um, Mm-mm, same. And like I said, we just I just played uh, was that Tinykin game, which is pseudo Pikmin style. You guys style. seem to really like it. I liked it, and um, from what I recall of the original Pikmin, Tinykin was pretty different. So, um, and I liked the types of gameplay decisions they made in Tinykin. So I'm really curious how Pikmin Four, now being you know the you know newest version of Pikmin, how it's going to feel more modernized or realized. Mm-hmm comparative now to something like Tinykin or similar. So I'm definitely interested. Um, but there was no date on that, right? Did that even say 2023? I don't think so. I think they just said Pikmin 4, no date. So that could be 2024. This has Metroid Prime 4 uh, vibes all over it, where they just like, we better appease our audience. Let's just drop a logo or a quick trailer. No idea when this game's coming out. Yeah, let's see if it says anything right here. Uh, Pikmin 4. I I don't remember, honestly. Oh, 2023. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that puts me at rest a little bit. I did not recall. But still, I don't no. think that's going to be early 2023. That's not going to come out before oh. Zelda. And Zelda is, you know, mid next year. So this is mm-hmm. like winter of probably, next year. Probably winter. Fall. Yeah, I guess. So. All right. So, yeah. Um, Zelda. Yep. That was the biggest thing everyone took away. I mean,. I mean, you got some more gameplay footage they showed and uh, just a little bit of story. Do you feel like it was worth them um, not streaming this in the UK because of that title? That is that why they, they didn't do that? I don't think it's officially said it, but I mean, but come on. Like, if there was any reason for them to have um, not streamed it there, Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom, like, I think that was probably their rationale. Because most people are all like, why are they bothering, you know, not streaming this? Doesn't make any sense. No one cares about your video games making the us all sad. But when you have a title, Tears of the Kingdom, I could understand there may be a little bit of a insensitivity there, but I don't know. I, I, I I'm not trying to sound insensitive. I just it's a it's a video game title, man. I Yeah, you know, everything's political now though. You gotta tread carefully. But um does what you saw in this trailer? appeal to you does it feel that different than breath of the wild enough to encourage you to get excited maybe i mean it just it looks like zelda i mean i wish i you know that's all i'm looking for if, if i i'll be honest i didn't like breath of the wild i thought was good but it is not my favorite zelda experience to date i know for a lot of people it is but i don't know i've enjoyed 
I want to say I enjoyed Skyward Sword more. Um, I feel like that might be my fault. I feel like I, uh, I feel really like kind of pushed you towards liking Skyward Sword. I liked Wind Waker more than this one, too. Wind Waker and Skyward Sword are like my two... And I never even finished Wind Waker. I got through mm. most of it, but I need to. I actually need to finish that one. Yeah, but, um, I don't know if we've talked about it much on the podcast. We might have. Um, did we have the podcast going back when the Skyward Sword HD thing no, came out? No. No. Well, um, I mean, I for a long time had always put Skyward Sword as my favorite. Um, playing... I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's up there. It's among my favorites. Like I do think when I played it again through the HD remaster. Um, you know, some of the rose tinted glasses fade a little bit. I could definitely see some of the uh, cracks in the veneer a little bit that I didn't um, maybe I, uh, hold as um, important as I did before. But I still I really love that one. I do wonder if that is what puts it up there for me. Is the I wonder if I had played like the original original version back in the day when it came out. Maybe my viewpoint would be slighted, but because I played it, a better looking version that had you know improved. Um, you know, a lot of people were touting the the flying mechanics being heavily improved in you know, the Skyward Sword version. I kind of kind of pseudo disagree with that. Like, I honestly feel like my opinion changed because of the remaster. Like, parts really? of it like that mm -hmm. held up well. The remaster helped that shine through. But the parts that didn't hold up well, I think it almost was more exacerbated in some ways because of the remaster. Like, it did clean up certain things, but. There were things that, like, even like the motion controls in general, like, even though, yes, they were better, I think I was able to look at it a little more objectively, being like, this should have never been here in the first place. Um, mm. Whereas back in the day, you know, it was just your only option, so you didn't even really think about it. So uh, I think back then I just kind of accepted it for what it was, and with the new remake, I was kind of, you know, I saw, I saw the cracks a little more. But my whole point in bringing mm. that up, um, okay. what I loved about Skyward Sword, I still think is probably one of the best characteristics of that game that I prefer way over Breath of the Wild, the dungeons. The dungeons in um, Breath, not Breath of the Wild, I'm sorry, uh, Skyward Sword, to me, some of those are the best dungeons in the series. The ones in Breath of the Wild were not great. And that's the big detriment there. Like, as far as like gameplay, exploration, even like the look and feel of the game, Breath of the Wild is the better game, like mechanically, and the ability to explore and move around the world. But there is a pillar for me with Zelda, and it's those dungeons. And not that there weren't any in Breath of the Wild, I'm not even counting the Divine Beast. Like, if you went through Hyrule Temple and treated it like a real dungeon, that was actually a pretty good one. And they had like that labyrinth you could go find, but those are both kind of optional things. Um, I feel like that choice, I want to say it straight up hurt the game, but some of the best content that probably could have appeased me back back then, I think was kind of left out. And I missed out on that core dungeon crawl, not dungeon crawling, but, you know, the puzzly dungeon kind of stuff. The shrines mm -hmm. didn't do it for me. I so agree. This game has, I think, the potential, though, to be the best Zelda game. Like, if they can, for me, marry the Breath of the Wild gameplay, which clearly that's what they're going to have. So I don't think they're going to deviate much from the exploration and the gameplay that made Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild. I really want to see some good dungeons. Like it feels Skyward Swordy just because you know they're up in the sky on these little islands, so that kind of gives me some um, nostalgic cues there. But if they have the dungeons of any um, you know deeper quality than what we saw in the last game, I'm gonna be pretty pumped about this one. Question is, where do they go with this game? Didn't the previous game end with you beating Ganon once again? You freed up the the Hyrule. Yeah, but you never and really beat Ganon. That's the whole thing the with this. It's like, well, there could be they another said, enemy. 
worth what this game like, very little um I think we there was like one trailer where you saw is it some, a different time frame or is it no it's it's a follow-up so it's not at least from the trailers we've seen it's not a huge time jump from the end of the last game so i don't know say within five years chronologically and i don't know that for sure but i'm assuming because it's the same link as far as i know and he What's doesn't he look any different he's like going to college now and oh i'm gonna, sure it's gonna be a slice of life kind of persona like game balance um, his work and love life and, and he has to go with on dates with zelda uh in between his uh, dungeon crawling um i don't know as far as i know it's uh, chronologically right after the other game or pretty close to it I don't know exactly who the big bad is. They haven't said. They showed like one trailer when this first was announced of some zombie guy like waking up. Now I don't know if that's supposed to be another form of Ganon or something completely different, but it could be another. Bells, hmm? Bells and debt. Bells and debt. That's his. Mm-hmm. That's his enemy in the new one. Always. So, I don't know that. It can be whatever. I don't need it to be Ganon. I don't really care who the villain is as long as you know they set it up well. I don't care. I'm I'm actually excited about though, this. I- I kind of do hope, though, that the dungeon aspect is improved upon. Like, if they're able to recreate, like, that awesome open world and marry that with better dungeons, mm-hmm. I'd say most Zelda fans would say this is going to be possibly the best Zelda game, you know, if they can do that. That would do it for me. Um, and I t- I'd be very surprised if they didn't, because that was a very clear criticism. Like, most people who did criticize Breath of the Wild almost always came back to the dungeons were either bland or samey, or they weren't real uh, dungeons. So... For uh, Nintendo to ignore that criticism, I feel like would be pretty tone deaf, to be honest. Uh, to me, it would somewhat upset me. If this is just like a retread of Breath of the Wild verbatim, like gameplay style and everything with no changes to the dungeon design or all of that, I'm going to be pretty upset. So I really hope there's at least a little more added in the way of proper dungeons. See, but the problem is, though, is that like, like while you say that like a lot of people have that problem with that, with that game... When I look at all of the rankings of Zelda games, it Breath of the Wild is always number oh, yeah. one. On I'm like not saying every it's for everybody. Zelda ranking. Yeah, and I will not say that's true for everybody. A lot of people do still hold this as the best Zelda game, but adding the dungeons, I think it's going to add just that much better. I think you'll catch the other piece of that pie. I'm not saying I'm in the majority. I honestly feel like I'm in the minority. Uh, the fact that I put Skyward Sword as my top Zelda for so long makes me know I'm in the minority. Yeah. Um, that's because I, I really like the dungeons. Um, that's just always been something like since the first couple of Zelda games that I've always gone back to. The world's fun, the narrative's great on the Zelda games, but it always comes back to how good are the dungeons. Those end up being what I kind of rank my Zelda games by. And this game, for all the good stuff it does, the dungeons dropped it down. I put this at like, I don't know, my third, fourth favorite Zelda, but yeah, we're not, we're not are talking we at, about are ranks. We at, are we at two hours? Yeah, two hours, four minutes. Um, oh my gosh. How, <laughs> I don't know how we, how we do it every time. Uh, all right, Sorry. so that is the Nintendo Direct for September for you guys. Just so you know, we did a, a, once again move Tokyo, or, uh, Tokyo Game Show. That's going to be for next week. Whenever that wraps up, we will, of course, we'll be talking about it. We'll see if I can finish God of War three by the time the next uh, episode comes around. We'll see. I definitely want to at least start it tomorrow at some point. What about you, Phoenix? Do you have anything on the on the horizon? You got any games? Any TV shows? Movies? Um. Not really any games. Um, Charlie, I had downloaded some stuff. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to play it this week. Uh, I know they just put out the new season of Cobra Kai. I don't know if you've watched any of that show. Um, I only watched the first season. 
Yeah, it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me right now. Like, I don't feel like the newer seasons are anywhere near as good as the first one. They're getting a little annoying in some ways, but you know, I'm I'm kind of suckered in at this point, so I might try to start catching up with that. Um, but that's really, that's about it. So I might watch that. I might try to find a game to play. Kind of see, uh, depends how this week goes. Uh, I'm still on the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I've covered every episode up to this point. I remember telling you it was pretty good at first. Mm-hmm. Those first two episodes were pretty good. The show has definitely dipped a little bit in episodes three and four. Episode three was not great. Um, I don't want to go into detail, but it just... Some of the creative decisions and getting away from some of the... I don't know, just some things that are Lord of the Ringsy. They, it's it, it's kind of out there. It's still good. Um, I've heard most people say they actually like the new uh, Game of Thrones TV show more than Rings of Power, which hmm. I'm shocked by. I'm shocked so many people love the new ga- the new uh game of thrones tv show it's apparently really popular but i refuse i'm not i'm not watching that i, I can't no oh, fair I enough but uh yeah i guess that's it guys um i don't know uh, any opinions or any uh topic suggestions or if you hated anything we said or loved anything we said feel free to comment down below oh you know Reach you hate everything we said uh you know make make fun of my glasses i don't know I, I want to hear whatever your opinion. No, I'm kidding. Don't don't leave that down there. Uh, hopefully, we can get our, our uh, buddy Metal Gamer to talk with us on Tokyo Game Show next week. We will see. But uh, yeah, as always, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. We love you. We hope you're safe. And we can't wait to see you on the next episode of the Inner Chess Man podcast. All right, Phoenix, anything? No, that's it for me. All right, guys. We will see you again. Bye bye. See you.